Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite Post Show for October 18th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from a no, screaming I fucking shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to see no, you, I too. Get to shut up. Oh, my goodness. What the October hell is 18th. 2023, I'm JD from New York. As always, coming to you from the OTS venue. Thank you guys Fucking so very much turn heel. for joining me on your Wednesday nights, wherever you may be. Oh my goodness. Jason Barker already getting the party started. I didn't even say anything yet, man. I've been back for fucking three seconds. $100 Super Chat says, I'm not going to waste this opportunity. I'm glad you are back for this season premiere you have here. Let's get those likes up and get it done here tonight. Jason, thank you so very much, brother. Happy to be back with all of you tonight for AEW. Happy to be back with Jesse talking pro wrestling, man. I missed it. Had some family obligations to take care of. That's why I was away. How you doing, man? How you doing, bro? I missed you, man. Good, man. You as well. How how was the uh, how was the getaway, bro? It was good, man. It was uh, it was all right. I had uh, to do a couple of uh, personal things, and uh, we're back. I wish it was under better circumstances, man. It seems like all the uh, all the crying that Tony Khan did on Twitter while I was away that I was closely monitoring that I have to talk to you about after the show is over because I got a lot of stuff to tell you. Oh, um, my God. Uh, Look, man, I, I never I, knew people get so mad about someone else's Twitter account. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable, man. That's why you don't see Jesse on Twitter hardly anymore, man. I don't even I don't even see this guy texting me during the show anymore, man. It's nah, crazy. Man, I, just, just get away. I, I, found, I found it hilarious the crap he was tweeting. Don't get me wrong, but I thought it was funnier that people got so mad about it. Uh, I mean, uh, l- listen, you know, <laughs> one way or another, so, Tony Khan... You know, he is uh, the reason why Tony Khan gets shit on is because he just never lets anything go. And he's been through this one too many times. Just put the phone down, be a leader, worry about the next week, worry about booking a good show the following week. I didn't really understand what happened there uh, because he had a great show. In fact, he had a better show than NXT. And we all know why they did what they did. And if I could explain that to him, I would. But it's, all he needs to do is just come out and book the next week's show. Last week's show was fucking great. What What do you need to do, uh, you know, what you did on, on, on Twitter? Why do you need to go and blast the fans and interact with trolls? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Jesse, you know, we could sit here and talk about 
MJF being the face of the company, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, or the Elite, whoever the fuck you want to paint in that picture, Jericho Moxley, Tony Khan's the face of the company. How, how does it look when Tony Khan's the face of the company? He's going on fucking Twitter, arguing with Twitter trolls with fucking bot accounts, bot names, getting yeah. under his skin. You know, how does that look, man? What do you think the locker room is thinking about that, man? I'm looking at like this guy's not, he's not stable. Get off, get off Twitter, man. I mean, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. It's a little unnecessary at, at the very at the very least, you know. I mean, but isn't he doing a lot of what I try to tell you to stop doing? Yes. It is listen, <laughs> you, you tell me all the time. Why are you giving these people the, the, the time out of your day? All they want to do is rally up. They're they're fucking yeah. trolls. They don't give a shit, right? They they're bad comedians. And you know, Tony Khan, you know, he put himself Put his foot in his mouth. He said uh, John Cena and The Undertaker uh, did not draw a million for the first time in their careers. We know why NXT did what they did, but at the yeah. same time, at the same time, Jesse, Adam Copeland was in his main event last week, and the show did what? Less than 700,000 viewers last week. So, I mean, right. you, could say that, you could say that about them, but then you got an ex-WWE guy, a Hall of Famer, in, in your main event, not drawing near a million viewers and less than what, he normally gets the last time he was on SmackDown, it did two million views with Sheamus. Like, come on, man, you can't uh, you can't be really making comments like that. I'll I'll I'll, I'll say two things about this just this old news, and yeah. we just we just catching up, guys. Yeah, JD was out. Um, TK wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, he he does, and I and I can appreciate that only in the sense of we know he's at the core of it a wrestling fan. And 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 me being a wrestling fan, having been ridiculed for being a fan of wrestling, I get it. You know, I understand it. He is on a much, 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 much higher level than the average wrestling fan. And we would just love to see him act accordingly and as such. But we get it. He's a wrestling fan. And also, here's one my thing about. Uh, that show, um, it seems that no one wants to really talk about it. But like I said, I don't really care. I don't, you know, I watch wrestling. I don't watch ratings, man. But at the end of the day, Dynamite was on on a, on a, on a Tuesday. That's not its regular night. No. No wrestling show in the history of wrestling shows have been preempted to a different night and did the same or better ratings than they did before. It's just not expected, you know? Nobody, no, we didn't expect him to change nights and then all of a sudden do a bigger number than before. I mean, it, he preempted. He's going to get lower numbers. It, it comes with the territory. So what did he expect? Did he expect? I didn't expect him to win. Did he expect to actually win? Nobody expected him to win. I didn't expect him All to win. All we asked him to do was put on a good show. He, he, he put on a fucking great show. And he did. Yeah. Show up next week. Shut your mouth. That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's it. I mean, if you want to talk win losses, you know, it was a big blown up thing that it was the it was the Wednesday night war and NXT moved to Tuesday. So Chuck, if you want to count wins and losses, fine. Chuck that up. You won that one, you know. Now move on. Like you just said, put on a great show. You did. Now we move on, man. Why are we sitting there, and, you know, just 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 blabbering on Twitter? And, and, and what did and what did the ratings accomplish for all the people that went back and forth, the tribalists and the elitists? Uh, oh, AEW's better. Oh, NXT's better. Oh, we won. But what what, what did what 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 did, what did it accomplish? 
NXT, I uh, know. Jesse, NXT drew what, 930,000 last week? I mean, yeah. in my eyes, in my eyes, them not drawing a million with the star power that they had on that show, Cody, Undertaker, John Cena, Becky Lynch, Judgment Day, right? All these people, they didn't draw a million. To me, that's a failure, right? And then you want to look at what Tony Khan did on a night that wasn't his night, Tuesday, he did a great show. He gave you pro wrestling, right? Yeah. And where, where did those ratings get NXT this week? They went right back to 760-something thousand. So, the, the, you know, that didn't really translate to people maintaining, you know, the viewership on NXT. You know, all those people that they drew on last week's show, where did they go this week? They, they tuned out. So, I mean, well, at the end of the day, it just kind of exposes WWE for what we all know that they did, and they wanted to get at Tony Khan, and they succeeded. Well, here's 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 what I want to know to to the company that swears up and down that AEW is not competition. They don't think about them and blah blah blah. Oh, this show was just for the. I mean, you know, we got a contract. Uh, get Shay Shay Gaming out of the chat. Sorry, Jesse. I, I'm not coping. Your mother's coping because she can't have okay. this fucking dick anymore. Get them. Get him the fuck out of the chat. Get him out. Coping. I don't fucking cope over over ratings. I don't need this shit on my first day back after five days. Get him out. Got him. Sorry. Okay. There you go. Oh, that's it. Oh. <laughs> Get him out. But, he, um, but yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What was I fucking saying? I don't know what he was. Oh, so yeah. So for a company that's saying that AEW is not competition and they're not worried about it. And, oh, this show that we got this week, well, there is a TV rights deal coming. And, you know, I, I think they're like the other the other smart ones that say, oh, well, it's not just AEW. It was a TV rights deal. Okay, all right, cool. What did The Undertaker do on NXT yesterday? He wasn't there. Why not? Because he's did retired. They- did they get their new TV rights deal already? No. Oh, so why, 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 why was he not there now? Uh, because AEW was back on Wednesdays. That's why. Oh, okay. So when I said that WWE seemed a little desperate to be bringing out the Undertaker on NXT it kind of has a little bit of validity to it because where was Undertaker last night? Uh, he was home with Michelle. Oh, okay. So he just they just brought him out to, okay, I'm just wondering. Sounds good. Yeah, man. Yeah, we know we know why they did what they did. And uh, the, the whole point of the discussion was because we feel like Tony Khan let a lot of people get under his skin. And, um, you know, I know he's got a lot on his plate. And it translated into tonight's show. You know, all he needed to do was follow up with a great show in Houston. They sold a lot of tickets tonight, a lot of last-minute tickets for this show. They had almost 6,000 people in that venue tonight, which was a great turnout. They were a great crowd in Houston. And the show didn't really translate to being a substantial show, Jesse. Not to say that it was a bad show, but at the end of the day, you know, it was a nothing show. And the main event, not really a main event suited for dynamite. It's more of a main event suited for a rampage or or dark. You know, the the AEW dynamite diamond ring that we are going on, what, year five now? Uh, treating it as some big deal. Listen, you gave it to MJF 
for reasons that you gave it to MJF. It doesn't need to be defended in a fucking battle royal. It doesn't need to be an annual thing. I think we're over the concept. And if, in my eyes, you want to make it seem prestigious, I'm going to need to see better individuals competing for the fucking Dynamite Diamond Ring and not Danny Garcia and fucking Matt Menard and whoever else is in there. I don't even know who the fuck was in there. Fuego Del Sol was it? Who the fuck was it? Who was the who was in there? There was nobody in there. Thirteen guys in there. I mean, give me a break with this shit. Not really a suitable main event for uh, a dynamite chassis. Following the tales of what I thought last week was one of the best shows that they did all year. I, I could I could agree. They could they can make the if they're gonna continue to to do it annually, they can make it a bigger deal than what they have been. You know, it is kind of just brought up at the last second, thrown together. Like you just said, not many big names in the match. Um, I could agree to that. Uh, I don't mind it happening annually. Um, MJF got it, but MJF wasn't MJF when MJF got it. But at the same time, he even still when he got it, he was much higher in the card than the guys that we got tonight in the ring. So. I mean, I could I could definitely admit to that fact. Um, they should make it a bigger deal. Um, it's already here. The existence of it is already here. So to just ignore it and make it go away, I don't see the point in that. The ring exists. The, the lineage of it exists. But they should make it a bigger deal to make it important. I see what you're saying. Um, and it did come off as like it didn't mean anything. But instead of it going away, I would like it to be a bigger deal. No, AEW took the safe road today. Uh, one thing I do appreciate, and, and the reason why we got the Battle Royal, and I said this in one of my first tweets of the night while watching the show, I like a show-long story. We got yeah. Jay White and Penta, who gave us a solid match to open the show tonight. And, and then Jay White gets on the microphone, talks trash to MJF. Juice Robinson gets on the microphone talks that he's going to win the Battle Royal and take the Dynamite Diamond Ring and pawn it, and that he's got his own ring made of cubic zirconia, and yeah. uh, he's going to take Max's ring because they already took his belt. I get that. And we get to the Battle Royal, and, and there's a bunch of jobbers, and then Juice Robinson in there, and Max Caster is in there as they are the final two, and Max Caster's been making a case to team with MJF to take care of the Bullet Club. Hey, you need backup? We are here. We're three we can go against them with you, and they ended up being the final two. Fine. I mean, it's predictable, but yeah. it played into what they've been telling over the last couple of weeks, which I do appreciate. Simple, predictable, but yet effective. I like that, but at the end of the day, Jesse, like I said, I'm going to die on that hill. I think it needs to be a little bit more important, and we don't need to see fucking Dustin Rhodes and Matt Seidel in there and then these guys that you know, basically are Ring of Honor dark competitors yeah. competing for uh, an, a, a, anything to do with MJF. Yeah, so so like, like um, like who was it? 318 Scooter here in the chat. I, I like giving out props when I see a, a good idea. You know, it's, you know, kind of like I just said, but um, they should make it like, like he said, like a King of the Ring type deal every yeah. year. Um, make it important. You know, the uh, like you said, the, the people they put in it just tells us how important that you believe it is as a company. So when you give us the talent that you give us, it's kind of hard for us to care about it. Also, um, I'm not sure why MJF still has it at that point. If we're going to, if we're going to do it like a King of the ring, 
the person that wins it should be the holder of it for the year. And at the year is over, the next you know tournament begins, and then that person gets to hold it for the year. So there's no reason to have to beat MJF for it. You know, it should be passed along like a title, I, like King of the Ring. I I absolutely agree with that. Every if if you want to have it happen every year at a specific point in that year, you know, the previous year's winner or or holder of the ring should give it up, and yeah. there should be a new dynamite diamond ring uh, holder for the year. Uh, Max was given that ring to help propel him to where he is now. He used it very much so in a lot of his feuds and it built him and gave him a pedestal while they were building him towards being a world champion. Uh, That ring, I mean, it doesn't even serve a purpose for MJF anymore, Jesse. So I, I feel like he's so far beyond the fucking ring. Why, why don't they just go and give it to somebody that, could benefit from it like MJF did. Yeah. Uh, no, Sam Gold 22. I don't I don't want another tournament. I would like this to be a tournament. I would like this to be the tournament, pretty much the only tournament that they that they should have annually and cut out all the other unnecessary tournaments. I mean, this this should be a, a yearly tournament, much like King of the Ring, and give it a purpose. You know, I mean, what do you get if you hold the ring? You know, I mean, what, like a money and bank championship spot? At your choosing something like that, who fucking knows? But make it important. You make it important, then we care about it, you know? I mean, that would be a cool concept. Win the ring, cash in the yeah. ring, right? Whenever you want a championship opportunity, and then yep. uh, the ring is gone for the rest of the year until the next year, you know? So, you so, something something creative, something fun, instead of having MJF hold it and yeah. have him, you know, wheel the ring like it's fucking Frodo Baggins over here, and yeah. he's got the world championship. I mean, he doesn't need the ring. The ring is just an accessory to make him look better than he already does aesthetically, yeah. but he's not really benefiting from it. So, oh, oh yeah, I just uh, I just caught that king king of the ring, yeah, king of the ring. Yes, <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. I mean, they can't obviously use that as as, as that's a trademark yeah. name, but <laughs> yeah. I mean something along those lines. Instead of giving us yeah. a fucking generic, and I mean yeah. generic battle royal with fucking who who else was in yeah. there. I mean, no. I Johnny mean. TV was in there. When was the last time we saw Johnny TV on TV? Yeah, that that tells us how important it is to you guys by the people you put in it, and um, giving it up, having Max give that ring up and pass it along annually, also eliminates you having to figure out a way to get it off of him. Yeah, because now you got to beat him. Yeah. You got to beat him to get it off of him. Now, and clearly, you don't want to be beat him until you're ready to beat him. So, yes. I mean. Pass it along, have him win, and then say, you know what, you know, I'm gonna put it up. He's a baby face now, so something that he would do to, you know, help the others in the back wouldn't be nonsensical. You know, he wants to, he wants to go ahead and, and put it up there at the top of a ladder or some shit or however he would want to present it. But basically, it gets handed down yearly, you know, as and, and you get to tag your quote unquote next up and comer any way that you want to do that. And then, yeah, no, I would like that. Yeah. And, and, and let me let me say this before we get anybody fucking. Uh... In the chat, saying that we're nothing but uh, marks, and we all we all complain. Uh, I'm not going to complain about MJF being on my TV next week. We never do. We love MJF, uh, especially when he's in the ring wrestling on a dynamite where it doesn't really call for him to wrestle. So next week he's wrestling Juice Robinson. I don't think anybody expects MJF to lose to Juice no. Robinson, who's nothing more than uh, a lackey to Jay White, while MJF is being the world champion. Uh, so yeah. yes. We got what we got tonight. They made it a whole show-wide storyline 
Juice predictably wins it. He gets the match with MJF because that's the story that they've been telling for the last two weeks. And now we get the predictable match where MJF will will beat Juice Robinson. So, uh, I mean, it, it's effective. How effective? I mean, that's up to interpretation. But to me, I think we could do with that. And I think next year we got to come up with different ways to make the dynamite diamond ring situation a little bit more prestigious and a little bit more important because right now I just found it to be a waste of television time. Yeah, I can see that. The other thing that happened tonight, Jesse, is Sting. Sting is retiring from all aspects of pro wrestling in ring. Tonight, he came out and he kind of danced around the word retirement and then got right into it, said that he joined AEW and his first match was at Revolution 2021. Damn good show that was. And Revolution 2024 will be the last match for now until he wants to come out of retirement. But I don't think he's going to pull a Ric Flair. This will be the last match for the Stinger, Jesse. Revolution next year, 2024. I got my reasons as to why they announced his retirement tour tonight in the middle of October. Uh, I know Tony Khan wants to generate interest and buzz around Sting and his retirement. They're basically using Sting's retirement announcement as a vehicle for the company to say to the fans, hey, Sting, he's a legend, one of the greatest of all time, one of the biggest names in the history of the business. There will never be another Sting. If you want to watch him, he's on our show Wednesday nights on TBS or Saturday night collision, whatever they want to do with him. And this is the last time you're going to get to see him. So you better make it worth your while next year. He's calling it quits, Jesse. What do you think about his retirement announcement tonight for Revolution next year? You know, it, I, I, you know, we talked about it for a couple of seconds, you know, off the air. And, you know, as I sat here and thought about it, here's the thing. Sting has earned the right to go out any fucking way he wants to. So I'm quite positive if this is what he is doing, then this is his, you know, choice of path. And there is nothing I or anyone else can do out there, you know, can do but respect it. This is what the man wants to do. This is how he wants to, you know, craft his retirement. This is how he wants to build his his final road to his last match. This is how he wishes to do it. I'm happy because I know he is with a company where they will allow him to do exactly what he wants to do for his retirement and not a thing more or less. So. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I uh, I feel like, you know, with Sting in AEW, and I think you're frozen, Jesse, on uh, your camera end, if you want to just... Uh, oh, no, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I think with uh, with Sting and his, uh, his retirement announcement, I do think that it is a vehicle for Tony Khan to generate interest here uh, in AEW. But I also feel like with him retiring next year, I do think that he's not going to fully retire. I do think that Tony Khan will bring him back and have him play more of a backstage role in AEW. I think he may be a coach or producer. I don't think he's going to fully walk away from the company. That's just my uh, opinion there for Sting. It's going to be crazy to see what Tony Khan does in these last few months as far as in-ring competitors go, who he puts in the ring with Sting. 
I'm not sure what's planned there, but we got a little bit of taste of it with Christian Cage tonight. We could see Sting versus Christian Cage. We could see Sting win the TNT title for all we know. We could see Sting in there with Adam Copeland, teaming with Adam Copeland against Christian Cage and Nick Wayne or Luchasaurus or something along those lines. But at the end of the day, like Jesse said, Sting is going to go out the way Sting wants to go out. I'm sure Sting is going to cultivate uh, the way he wants to go out. He's going to pick who he wants to go out against and with. So it's going to totally be up to uh, Sting here in uh, in AEW. Let me get Jesse back in here. There he is there. Uh, sorry yeah. about that, guys. Yeah. Jesse's camera froze there. He's all good to go now. Uh, but, yeah, Jesse, like I said, like you said perfectly, I think Sting's going to kind of cultivate his uh, his own uh, retirement here. He's going to be in the ring with who he wants to be in the ring with. He's going to go out with who he wants to go out with. Uh, Christian, K- I think it's going to kind of tie up into all this edge or – Adam Copeland, Christian Cage storyline, and I think uh, we could see him in the ring with Christian Cage for the TNT title or uh, potentially tag team match with Edge. You know, any way he wants to, he's going to get it. What if? What if? What if? I'm going to fantasy book the holy hell out of Sting's retirement, bro. What if? You, you know, it sounded like to me like one of the names he mentioned with a little bit of extra extra ugh, in his Gusto. voice. Yeah. Was the nature boy. Oh, now, God. Who has been talking about having yet another final match? Bro, if Tony Khan does that, <laughs> man, he's got to be out of his fucking mind. I think he no. may have drank an entire 12-pack of White Claw, bro. No, no, it wouldn't be. I'm not thinking I'm not thinking Sting versus Flair. That's ridiculous, but uh, maybe a tag match. Sting and Darby versus Flair and Andrade. No. Andrade, come on. No. Come on. No, no, no. Oh. Come on, man. We've seen that already. I know. But Rick you know, Flair was Flair. drunk on the apron, bro. Come on. <laughs> he's, he's trying to come back again, man. Sting versus Darby. Sting versus Adam Copeland. Sting versus Christian Cage. I don't know. Who else is in there? You know, a lot of people are like, maybe Sting should go after one last world championship run. Everybody else is fucking gunning for MJF. Why not Sting? You know, <laughs> Sting versus uh, MJF for Revolution. I don't know. It's ridiculous, dude. I know. It's about as ridiculous as Oberg and his the the lack of depth here in the wrestling. Uh, hey, imagine wrestling that. Imagine today. that. Goldberg said that there's a lack of depth Guys, in yeah. the world of pro wrestling. Yeah, coming hey. from Bill Goldberg, who's got fucking two moves <laughs> and can't exceed fucking three minutes in a wrestling match. He's talking about a lack of depth. In the world of pro wrestling. Sure thing, guys. Sure thing. Two moves. And didn't he hurt somebody in the ring doing one of those two moves? Yeah, he almost, he almost killed The Undertaker. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Two moves. Fucking guy. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, man, we're going to get into the rest of the show tonight. We're going to talk about the MJFJ White situation. We're going to talk about everything else that happened on the show. Swerve continuing his feud with Hangman Page. Adam Colpin's great sit-down with Renee Paquette and Jim Ross sitting down with Nick Wayne and his mom with Christian Cage, now the new father of Nick Wayne. Are we going to get Nick Wayne renamed as Nick Cage, bro, being that Christian Cage is now his new father? I like it. Maybe. I like it. Maybe. A little bit too close to Nick Gage, but, I mean, you know. It's all right. How many more cages do we need in the company? Oh, we we need more. Need more cages, man. We don't need any more cages. 
Anyway, guys, thank you so very much for joining us on this Wednesday night. Happy to be back with you. I'm going to be working my ass off for the rest of the week, man. I missed you guys. We're going to got we're going to get news, we're going to get live streams out the door this week. Drew and I for all the geeks that have been asking me online, Drew, Andrew Baydella, and myself will be live tomorrow night with TNT. You guys want our thoughts on Raw, on SmackDown, two season premieres, and everything that happened on the show, yeah. our opinion on Tony Khan, CM Punk. You're going to laugh tomorrow night? Yeah. Yeah, but this this will be this will be before Impact. Bro, we're going to be done before Impact uh, ends. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. We're not we're not gonna be we're not gonna be bleeding into your time, bro. We're, we're gonna be done by ten thirty, man. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Right. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Jesse doesn't want to be second place, but he doesn't want to be AEW uh, tomorrow night. Jeez. All right, sounds good. Well, then you could go crying on Twitter, bro, saying that uh, oh, Jesse fucked you over, man. You this know? is true. This is true. I can. You know, uh, Drew and JD haven't drawn more than 400,000. You know, I'm just going to just make up some fucking stats, man. It'll be all right, TK. We still love you, bro. Just we, love, we, we, we love TK. Oh, well, JD, Jesse and Shills, man. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sure thing. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Drew and I will be live tomorrow night. TNT, make sure you guys are uh, RSVP'd in the venue. It's going to be a great show. If you missed anything... As far as my opinion goes this week, because I was away, you'll get it tomorrow. So make sure you guys tune in. Make sure you guys also hit that thumbs up. I'd love if we can get to a thousand likes for my first stream back in a couple of days, man. Make sure you guys go do that for me. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Hit that subscribe button down below. We are... Less than 500 subscribers away from 150,000, guys. Thank you guys very much. Second channel is rocking and rolling. Go check that stuff out. Some great content over there for you. We just hit 6,200 subscribers on the second channel. Link is down below in the description. And... um, By the way, Guardian, someone's saying that they like seeing JD open a God pack. You know, that's, that's... in reference to his other channel, that's nothing to binge someone over. Uh, yeah, Guardian, reel it in, bro. <laughs> that's real, real, real it in, man. Slow, slow, slow it down, man. Uh, God, God pack means that I opened up a uh, a uh, monster pack. I opened two hundred dollars worth of Pokemon cards in one pack, one five dollar pack. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, all on the second channel. Go check that out, and please follow Jesse and I on social media at JD from NY two hundred six is me, and then uh, Jesse is at Shy Town Smark. Uh, where he uh, is uh, berating my girl Destiny FOMO, bro. What, what are you? What are you doing, man? Why are you throwing Goldberg in her face on Twitter, bro? What, what, oh, what, are, what you are you doing? Ki- are you kidding me? What, what she- are you doing, oh, man? Listen, man. Whatever she wants, she can have. What are you talking about? Oh my God! What's, what the fuck's bro. wrong with you, man? Man, you go after the wrong people, bro. She over here talking about she wants Goldberg to come back and blah 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 blah. Man, don't listen to her. Yeah, she, she also wants Rikishi to stink face her, but we won't get into that situation. This is a PG environment here in the venue. Uh, PG, we sure. are serving non-alcoholic beverages tonight. Yeah, sure thing. Fuck out of here, non-alcoholic. Come on. PG um, show. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, tackle that topic on a different day, man. Uh, we're going to start off with um, the top of the show. We got Jay White versus Penta. I don't even know. I, 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 just Pentagon Junior. Pent- Pentagon. Pen- Pentagon, Pentagon Junior. 
Yep, pretty uh, much. Uh, he uh, and Jay White had a fantastic match. I thought this was a great open to the show. Uh, very solid open. We got storyline implications here with Jay White holding the Triple B hostage. We got Jay White holding the belt hostage. We got Juice Robinson wanting and eyeing the dynamite diamond ring, telling MJF he's going to win it next week, win the Battle Royal, which he did, win it next week, and then pawn it and sell it, get rid of it. But this was a hot opener, and the crowd loved what happened here. So we'll pick it up. After a commercial break, we got a picture-in-picture commercial. White tried to tie up Penta's mask in the ropes. Bryce Remsburg quickly untied that. And Penta avoided a back body drop. Came back with multiple sling blades before Jay White came back with a somersault dive on the outside. Uh, Or actually, no, uh, Penta took White out with a somersault dive on the outside, which looked very nice. Uh, Back inside... We got a big shot battle between the two with Jay White, you know, basically telling Penta to take off his shirt, make it even. And Penta willingly obliged here with chops that got louder and louder before White took out the knee. And uh, he ran right into a spinning jackhammer into a reverse DDT. Penta ran right into a massive urinage and a brain buster for two. Uh, Jay White hit a dragon screw and then a sleeper suplex. Penta avoided the Blade Runner uh, and uh, transitioned into a Made in Japan for a two count. All of a sudden, the Bullet Club on the outside got uh, funny, and they distracted from every corner of the ring, allowing Juice Robinson to hit Penta with the left hand of God, allowing Jay White to hit the Blade Runner for the one, two, three. And that was it for Jay White. Pretty academic stuff here. Jay White is not going to lose, being that he's now the top contender for MJF's World Championship. So he gets the victory in a solid open here over Penta. Post-match, Jay White uh, basically told everybody in Houston to shut up. And he said MJF is not here, but he is. He's the real world champion and truly the elite champion of AEW. He says he can't find anyone who wants to team with him, meaning MJF, to take them on. And try and get the bang bang bro, belt back, bro, bro, bro. Stop the show. Yeah, stop the show. What happened? What happened? What I do? What chaos, I do? chaos did not bench anybody. Ooh, okay. okay. So he wants me to say that. So now, I mean, he can stop DMing me. We can move on with the show, right? Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry, my bad. There you go. Okay. Just tone it down. Proceed. Okay, proceed. So uh, he basically said that he's got no one to team with. He said he'll lead by example. In the meantime, Juice stepped up and said, spoiler alert, tonight in the main event, the Stray Bullet, Rock Hard. So now he's got two nicknames, Jesse. He's the Stray Bullet, and he's also Rock Hard. Which Juice one Robinson. is it? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know which one I'm kind of leaning towards. If he wants one, I'll take the other. I got to tell you. <laughs> One seems um, less intrusive, I guess. So let's well, listen, man, maybe, maybe, you know, after last week, he got a little hot water with TMZ. Maybe he's going to tone down the, uh, the uh, rock hard shit, man. He's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. You hey, know, I got the roll of quarters fucking now haunting me after last week's segment. I'm rock hard. They may think I'm some degenerate. Let's tone it down a little bit, says Juice. Yeah, that wasn't his fault. That's a, that was another thing too. I mean, I, you, I mean, I'm not saying 
let it go no. because you know it's AEW and you know I like AEW or whatever, whatever. Because if it was WWE, they've been gotten the same heat. But my God, WWE has done so much worse and not wound up on TMZ for it. Man, listen, you so know, that, much worse. That that ridiculous uh, story. It, it wasn't ridiculous. I don't mean it in a derogatory way because you know, I I obviously feel for everything that's going on in the world today. And oh, yeah. it, it was poorly placed. And, you know, I, I don't think I don't think AEW sat around in the fucking creative meetings before last week's show and said, hey, man, you know what would get people talking? Let's make fun of all the shit that's going on over there the, tonight on Dynamite, man. Let, let's ruffle some feathers with with, uh, with the big topic in the news. I don't think they did it on purpose. Uh, but the thing is, people don't realize because these people don't watch AEW yeah. MJF's story is very real. The story about him being bullied. Everything that he said in his storyline arc is true. What Juice Robinson yeah. did was only play into MJF's storyline arc, and he's mentioned the role of quarters on multiple occasions, but it was just poorly placed. That's all it was. I don't think they were really thinking. They didn't They didn't go out there and want to do it on purpose. That, that whole situation was l- like literally the definition of something being taken out of context yes so if if you were completely in the know and watching week to week you were not offended by this but now if you're not a wrestling fan and you just read the article and see that AEW put on the storyline like that in this in this current day like today yeah i could see it i, I could see it being taken completely out of context and probably rightfully so i understand it but again this is one of those things, you know, you just, you, you gotta be in the know to know. It's kind of like the, the, the Britt Baker, uh, red bloody face t-shirt thing. Yeah. You know, you know, out of context, I can see how it's taken the wrong way. If you're a wrestling fan, you probably didn't even look at it twice. Yeah. You don't really want TMZ, uh, reporting on, uh, especially after last week with, 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 with what Tony Khan had to go through and what he did, uh, as far as his behavior goes on social media, then he had that piled on top of what he was dealing with. It, it was just a bad week, publicity-wise, for uh, AEW. And my cat agrees. Shut she, that fucking she's cat a, up. She's a big Tony Khan fan, too. I know he's got to put the phone down. I know. I know he's got to put the phone down. Oh. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I think that was just poorly placed there. And a lot of people wanted to make a big stink about it. They did. I didn't really find it to be a major, major, major deal. But people uh, wanted to do that. So, at the end of this, Jesse, he said that he's going to win the Dynamite Dozen Douchebag Battle Royal. He said he'll throw 11 other people out of the ring and then take his ring, pawn it, and then get another gold tooth. And we got a TJ Maxx chant because he said that he would pawn it to TJ Maxx. Now, I don't personally shop at TJ Maxx. I've been in a TJ Maxx, but uh, uh, I-, I didn't think we, uh, we'd hear a TJ Maxx chant in Houston tonight. I don't even believe you've been in a TJ Maxx. Dude. Who, me? Yeah. I've been in a TJ Maxx. You say so, man. Of course I have. Bargain before basement after, deals, bro. Before or after your, your Starbucks runs. I mean, which I mean. Oh man, I had a I had a uh, listen, I mean, I had a Starbucks Pike, Pike Place Nespresso tonight during the show. Nespresso pod. I got one of them dual coffee makers, man. It makes strip coffee, and then it also takes the Nespresso pods as well. I made myself a nice iced espresso, Starbucks. 
What are you looking at me for, man? Why are you looking at me like that? Yes, I'm a yuppie, okay? What do you call me? A yuppie. Fuck it. Fucking yuppie, dude. I drink Starbucks coffee. Do you mind? Jesus Christ. You know how many starving kids in, in a third world country you could have fed for that one cup of coffee? Jeez. I don't know, man. It was a, it was a box of uh, 12 pods. I think it was $7. Oh, my God. Dude. Listen. What do you like, man? I know you like something as much as I like coffee. I don't make fun of you about it. Oh, I don't drink coffee, man. I drink water. You drink you you wake up in the morning and you go for a nice refreshing glass of water? Uh water or juice, man. Yeah. I like uh-huh. um I like apple mango juice, man. It's good stuff, man. Sugar. Good stuff. No, it's natural juices, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> natural juices, okay. Anyway, uh moving on with the You don't uh, put sugar in your coffee. No, I don't. Ah. I, I don't put. I don't put sugar cane, uh, cane sugar in my coffee. No. What kind of sugar do you put in your coffee? I barely put any sugar. I put uh, barely. vanilla cream in my coffee. Move on with this show, you lying fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the natural, uh, the natural juices of this show flowed into our night pocket interview <laughs> with MJF. <laughs> you know, uh, he said that he could have. Uh, he could have run to the ring right then and there. This is what I like about MJF, man. The realism of what he says always puts a smile on my face. He said he could run to the ring and be like every single dumb good guy in the history of professional wrestling, and I would have gotten my ass handed to me in a four-on-one beatdown. But lucky for me, I'm not a good guy. I'm a scumbag. Let's come back. I didn't do it. You know, how many how many times do we see uh, a uh, theme music play on Raw or SmackDown and a heel comes out to distract the baby face and they're like, whose who, who, theme music is that? Well, they turn around and they fucking turn their back on their opponent and then they get fucking pinned by, uh, by a roll-up from behind. I mean. He's, he said, Max said, I'm not wasting my pop. No, that's also what he said. (laughs) I fucking hate that. We got to hear Cody Rhodes in the beginning of the show. We get two woes, and then he comes out, and and, and then he has a fucking 10-second interview. He says nothing, and then comes out in the main event, and we got to hear three more woes. (laughs) More woes. Yeah, the first woe was it. The The next four after that, they don't have any impact anymore. There you go. He said it right there, too. I'm not wasting my fucking pop. No way, man. I hate that. He revealed he's doing commentary on the Battle Royal later, so he wasn't going to waste his entrance pop until then. Smart. He said he was at the New York City Comic Con, and he watched people cosplaying as champions just like Jay White. Geeks. He says he hoped you... I would never go to an MJF autograph session fucking wearing an AEW title, but I don't know, man. That's, that's 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 not my cup of coffee, man. I don't do that type of shit. I would never go to an MJF autograph signing. Well, I mean, that's a great way to support the talent, bro. What are you talking about? Bro, go see the other talents, man. I'm sorry, man. We're not all lucky to sit in the fucking talent hotel and everybody come up to you, okay? This guy is just... Do you know how rude to me he was to me he was in that hotel, man? I don't blame him. Do You You probably interrupted his fucking breakfast. Hey, man. I'm just saying. You don't like being interrupted? Don't be a fucking public figure. What do you want me to say? Yeah, all right. you, you, you made some sense there. Okay. And the and the breakfast in that hotel sucked, so forget it, man. You know oh. they eat they you know they eat pork and beans for breakfast over there? Yes. You see that? Yes, they also have runny eggs over there, scrambled eggs, yeah. which it was what just the? disgusting. 
I feel safe talking shit about it now we're back home in the States. I mean, what did you expect from a fucking breakfast, bro? You're staying at the fucking Hilton. I'm, I'm kidding. I, I, all my UK fans out there, they, the, UK, the, the UK wrestling fans out there are fucking awesome, man. They are. They are fucking awesome. We're just giving you guys shit because your breakfast is terrible. but And your eggs are terrible. I'm sorry. They were a little runny. So. Um, so he said he hoped Juice wins later so he can face him next week. He said there will be blood, but not on his hands, but on his partner, Jay White. Renee asked him about Adam Cole. But then in walked the acclaim and Billy Gunn. Max Caster said that they will team with him, win, and then at the end they can all scissor. MJF said no. Max Caster said that he'll win the Battle Royal letter and then he will win the ring and then MJF will have to put the ring on his finger. Almost in a very, uh, uh, I would say, loving way, Max (laughs) is looking at MJF. Caster held out his hand like someone wanting uh, an engagement ring. And Anthony Bones told him, less is more. What are you doing? Billy said, MJF, man, that guy is such a scumbag. And then Max Caster said, yeah, but he's my scumbag. <laughs> so they're still playing up their, uh, little, their little, you know, going at each if other you, on social media here on if TV. You, if, you don't, if you don't follow MJF and, and Max Caster on Twitter, you, 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 you're, you're, you've missed the whole build to this. Yeah. Because yeah, it, it's just epic. I mean, is it going to end up being the acclaimed? I mean, it could very well be the elite, too, to be honest with you. After the interaction there with Kenny Omega and MJF, maybe they're setting up the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega to back MJF against uh, the Bullet Club. I mean, that would make sense there. It really would. And I, I like how MJF pointed out the same thing that I did a couple of weeks ago. He, 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 has, his, he has his hands in so many different pots right now, man. Yeah. He's, he, he could be pulled in any any different direction right now and be in a legitimate ongoing feud. So his plate is full. So he got lots of people looking for his attention and everything else. So I do like that they're drawing attention to that because one mistake or one slip up could cost him his title. No. Well, I mean, don't you think he should be in that situation because he is the world champion and everybody should want a piece of the world champion and want the AEW world championship? Absolutely agree. You should you should be there should always be more than one person at a time trying to be the top, you know, draw in the company. I mean, what are we doing? Just waiting our turn? Yeah. Everybody should be trying. Well, I can't approach Max now. He's in a feud with, you know, this. No, I don't care. He's a fucking champion. He's gonna deal with me. I want a piece of him too. So I, I do like that that there is no linear path to MJF. He is you know dealing with a bunch of different stories at once. So that is that is that is very believable. I like that. If you are not here to be world champion, what are you doing here? That's what yep. I have to say. We go to uh, one champion to another. Hikaru Shida, the AEW women's champion. One-on-one against Jesse's favorite female wrestler, Emi Sakura. Why was she? You know, they just showed her on social media crying her ass off because Shida won this title for like the third time. Well, you don't like Emmy Sakura, bro. You got a problem with Emmy Sakura? That's not what I said at all. I even made that clear the last week or two, so I'm not gonna redo that again. But, but still, but they just showed her crying her ass off because her, you know, BFF just won the title. But now we supposed to believe that she is, you know, an evil villain that wants to take it, take the title from her. So, L- listen, uh, I, I, I think she is great. I think she is fantastic. She won that championship last week. I thought that was the right sound, logical, creative decision that Tony Khan made last week by putting the title on Sheeta and taking it off of Soraya. She's not fit to be a world champion. 
They gave her the moment in London, and that was it. Uh, but matches like this aren't going to make Dynamite must-see TV for me. That's all no. I'm saying there. What are we doing here? What are we doing? This, what is, are we uh, doing this here? is basically a dark match or a rampage match taking life or taking form, taking shape on Dynamite. We don't need it. We don't need it. They announced a match with, with Willow and Statlander. Great. What are another, we doing another, here? Another open challenge, man. Can't, can't, what are we doing we can't, here? We can't get rid of them. We can't get rid of them. Here, the open challenges are products of Tony Khan not sleeping. That's why. What are we doing? Just he, he, give us he, some... needs, he needs to rest his head at night, put his phone down, get a nice, cool six, seven, eight hours of sleep max, wake up yeah. the next morning refreshed and book a logical fucking show that doesn't give us an open challenge. Take, take your MJF world title logic and just apply it to Chris Statlander, period. That's it. Ruthless That's outlaw. It. Ru- ruthless outlaw in the chat. Where's the raw review, man? Uh, I was away doing personal business, bro. Do you mind? Not everybody is here for the whole podcast, I guess. So. Follow me on Twitter, man. You get all the news there. Anyway, uh, this was a, a decent match. You know, wasn't uh, something I'd go back and rewatch. I thought Sheeta. And Soraya had a very good match last week. I thought that was the best match of Soraya's AEW run. But that goes to show you how great Sheeta is. Uh, and we, we got a, a decent little match here. They work very well with each other. Both ladies collided after a commercial break, doubled down. as Sheeta was sent to the outside of the crossbody block through the ropes. Uh, Sakura sprinted up the ramp, or down the ramp, rather. Sheeta was waiting for her with a Huron Karana that sent her back into the ringside apron. Now we're back inside. Sheeta hit a missile dropkick for two as both ladies shredded finisher attempts near falls until Sakura connected with a Tiger driver with a high stack cover, two count. Sakura went up top, missed the moonsault, allowing Sheeta to hit the big knee, but Sakura blocked it slightly and then came out uh, at a one. And uh, we got uh, a couple of pinfalls here for a two count. Uh, both ladies shredded a tilted world backbreaker until Sheeta hit a home run right hand, followed by a falcon arrow, and then that big katana knee by uh, Miss Sheeta for the one, two, three, and that was it. Still the AW Women's Champion, Hikaru Sheeta. What are we doing with the title, Jesse? I got uh, boring. Yes, it was. Uh, it, it was fine for what it was, but it does not belong on Dynamite. I'm sorry. We we need we need some substantial story for. Uh, Sheeta and the AW World Championship. Uh, I I I had a little birdie tell me, Jesse, that uh, we may very well be seeing Miss Mercedes at full gear. There we go. Yeah. I got a better story. I'll tell you more more off the air. I can't really divulge because people are going to start asking me questions. No, I wasn't going to dig into it on the air. I was going to wait till after the air to dig into it. But um, I got something we can be doing with, with Sheeta right now. I mean, in the build to get to whatever it is, is that she's going to be doing that full gear if that's happening. Yeah. And that leads into my next question. Where is Serena Deeb? Uh, there was a, there was actually, it's funny you mentioned that. There's a report on Fightful about Serena Deeb. And uh, there was something along the lines of her actually being back backstage with the company after several, several months away. Let me see if I could pull up the news. 
There we go. On uh, Miss D, a familiar face reappeared backstage at AEW this week after nearly a full year away. Sean Ross Sapp was told that uh, Serena D was backstage at the AEW Collision tapings on October 13th. Those that we've spoken to say that they haven't seen Serena D backstage at all this year, and the area isn't anywhere near uh, where she would have just been visiting. Right. Dee was last, comp- uh, last competed one year ago against Hollywood Halle J, who was on the OVW show with Ooh, Al Snow, yeah. on yeah. AEW Dark in Cincinnati. Since then, she's not been... It's funny that she got a WWE tryout, too, after that. Uh, since she's not been used on AEW TV... Really? Yeah, she got uh, invited to the Performance Center tryout, yeah. No way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, since then, she's not been used on AEW TV, factored in creatively, or been backstage. However, she recently reappeared and popped up at the Cal- Cauliflower Alley Club. There was no word that two different factors that led to her absence, as we're told that there was a disagreement with AEW management last year. However, she's told several others that she's been sidelined with a rough injury this year. Those that we spoke to said she looked happy to be back, and management also seems to be happy that she is back, so there doesn't seem to be any lingering issues. Um, Serena Deeb is the sole reason why Sheeta is over with me. Um, they've had, I think they've had the absolute best feud. Yes, Women's feud in AEW outside of Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Yes. Um, I thought their series of matches was fantastic. I thought Sheeta brought fucking like heat and fucking fire. And Serena brought out a side of Sheeta I didn't know about. And since then, Sheeta's been completely over with me. I would love to see heel Sheeta come back and 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 pose a, a serious threat to Sheeta's uh title already. Yeah, I don't uh listen, I would love that. Uh I think that would be great. Uh being uh being someone that's been off for a year, it's going to be a little bit to build her back up uh, as far as a uh reaction from the crowd goes. But I I think she absolutely needs to be back on TV. I think that's exactly the type of performer that the division needs. You know, I I keep saying her, Athena. I mean, AEW's got so many talented women. What the fuck are we doing with this women's division? I don't know. Imagine, have, imagine having Athena and, and Deeb and Willow and Britt and Sheeta and Tony and, and whoever else you want to put on, on, on weekly Statlander. TV. Statlander. <laughs> on weekly yeah. TV every single week. What are we doing? You're wasting open challenges. Oh, yeah, TBS championship, open challenge on fucking Battle of the Belts like anybody gives a shit. Then you got Deeb, not on TV for whatever reason. And then you got Athena wasting her fucking career away on Ring of Honor. Oh, God, what a waste. Holy shit. What a waste. She is doing fantastic shit over there, man. I don't know why it's not on TV more. I, I don't know. Like... This is this is the time to get the division back. You know, everybody wants more women on TV. Everybody wants a better division. Meanwhile, they got the fucking resources to do that, and they refuse to do it. Yeah. Like, look at how simple, like Jesse said, look at how simple the storyline was with Deeb and, and Sheeta. What was it over, yeah. Jesse? The heel turn was fucking perfectly executed. Sheeta was the first yep. woman in AEW history to go to 50-0, and Deeb said, fuck that shit. I'm better yep. than you. She, you know, she acted respectful towards Sheeta, turned her back, took the fucking trophy or, or the little little thing that they gave her, the little smashed award, and smash it over her head. <laughs> great heel turn. Simple. It's great. And they and they beat this shit out of each other for like three matches after yeah. that. It was great. It was great stuff. And then 
Serena just went away. I mean, I, I know I'm I'm hearing it was an injury. I don't know why they weren't a little bit more transparent with that because they normally are with injuries. You know, they just we just went away. It was really hard to get on any Serena Deeb news, but it's good to hear that she was backstage. That's really good news. Yeah. Um. So Deeb may be back. Uh, Jamie Hader. I see some people asking about Jamie Hader in the chat. She's probably not due back till next year. She had a serious yeah. injury. I, I think it was a shoulder, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I then she's back too, man. And then Thunder Rosa is is back imminently. I mean, she she she's like any week now. Back. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with with. Thunder They're just Rosa. probably trying to find the right creator for her. Yeah. So I mean, look at that women's division. Look, look at how stacked that women's. Imagine them at a hundred percent. They got yeah. the best women's division in North America. Yeah, they 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 really do, and they're just not being used right. That's all. I mean, yeah. when, when we got a better women's division on Raw. Then in AEW, we got a fucking problem. I mean, come on. Someone, man, I mean, give it to someone. Give give the creative to uh, for the women for to someone. And if it's already been passed off to someone, give it to someone who cares. Because whoever's doing it now just feels like they do not. No, they don't care. Uh, we got Renee Paquette, busy woman tonight, sitting backstage with Adam Copeland who said things haven't been going smoothly since showing up in AEW, and he doesn't understand why. The whole reason was to end his career teaming with Christian Cage, who seemed on board, but when it got closer, Cage didn't really want it. Adam Copeland talked about their 40-year friendship and how they became best friends off of their love of pro wrestling. Copeland talked about how they both wrote essays to try and win free wrestling training, which Copeland did and Christian did not. Adam Copeland won the training, got the job up north before Cage did, and it's always been Adam and Jay or E and C. Paquette asked if this is jealousy and if it's surprising from Cage at this stage in their careers. Copeland said it is, and he doesn't want the TNT title or his spotlight, but knows Cage will eventually come crashing to the ground. Paquette asked what Copeland wants in AEW if he doesn't want the TB the TNT championship, and Copeland said. It's a lame answer, but I don't know. He just knows when Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne turn on Cage, he will be there to pick him up. So, yes, this is basically how I kind of said it would go a couple of weeks ago. You know, Christian thinks that Adam Copeland is here to steal his spotlight, take his title. He's got his career better than he's got his career. Adam Copeland does right now, and Adam Copeland's back to kind of take that spotlight away from him, and Christian's not going to do what Adam Copeland wants. He's not going to reconcile. He's not going to befriend him and join him. He feels like he's there to take everything away from him, and he's just going to watch Adam Copeland is, watch Christian burn to the ground, basically. Is that going to happen? Sure. When? We don't know, but right now, I, I don't think it's happening anytime soon because Christian right now is on a career renaissance and he's doing the best work of his fucking life. Yeah, yeah, we have a we're gonna have a nice little long build that's gonna brew up with these two guys. So you need to uh, pack it in and get ready for it because um, this isn't and it shouldn't be, you know, a quick one off. No. So I don't care how much backstory that's already there. We need more. Yeah, they got they got forty years of friendship here. That should, I mean, depending on how they want to tell it. And if I know anything about these two guys and how creative they really are, we could see this actually go deep into next summer. We could see them blow this thing off before we get the Edge and Christian team back together. Uh, blow yeah. this thing off at Wembley. 
Edge and Christian, one-on-one, Wembley Stadium, all-in, 2024. Oh, my God. I'm on board. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I thought this was a great interview, too. I think when uh, when he speaks, Adam Copeland, it's just, you know, it just comes off real, natural, organic. He just feels like a human being when he speaks. So I really, really appreciate that as a fan. Uh, and uh, we will see what happens there. Christian Cage and Brian Danielson, Jesse. I don't know if you watched Collision on Saturday night. What a fucking match that was, man. Minus the ending, which was just... You know, bullshit, typical fucking TV main event bullshit. Uh, I thought that was uh, a 20-minute fucking classic, man. I mean, Brian Danielson is just fucking unreal. He really I, is. I did not um, get to watch it. I had family stuff um, that night and the day after. But um, I will go back and check it out, though. I, I did hear it was a banger. Yeah. And Christian um, is just unbelievable. Uh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable how he's 40, what is he, 48, 49 years old, and he's he's this... He's this good. And I always remember reading stories about Vince McMahon saying that he didn't want to push Christian Cage because he thought Christian Cage didn't look the part. He didn't he didn't look the part. He didn't, he didn't feel like a world champion. Like, really? Yeah, you know, Vince is not right all the time, man. Vince gets uh, Vince got him wrong a lot of times, and he got him he's, wrong he's with got, Christian. He's, he's got he's got quite a few wrong. Yeah. And, I, and I'm and I'm talking about in his genius days, yeah. not like in his C now days now, but in his genius days, he's he's got quite a few wrong. Nobody's perfect, you know. So that that I mean we get it. Um, the the thing I like about this 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 almost called them edge the, the, this Adam Copeland that we're getting now. The thing that I I like the most is that he's not even he's not even angry yet. He's not angry yet. No. He's a little he's a little if you look at his demeanor, he's a little confused and disappointed and everything else. Eventually, Christian is gonna drive him to the point of anger. And then he's going to be out there cutting a different kind of interview where he's not going to want to sit in front of Renee. It's just going to be him and a fucking camera one-on-one. And then he's going to start getting fucking angry. That's when you know it's it's beginning to boil. It's beginning to get to that point where he wants to rip his fucking head off. Yeah, right, right now, now, right now, yeah. we're not seeing the rated R. At, not uh, yet. Adam Cole. Not yet, but I think that's going to come. I like, I like the flow of this so far. Yeah, yeah this is, uh, exa- like I said last week, this is exactly what AEW needs for all the geeks out there that say, oh, well, AEW doesn't have stories. Yes, they do. This story is going to yeah. take AEW into into deep 2024. MJF and Adam Cole, they're on hiatus right now, and they're still managing to tell the story slowly over the weeks because Adam Cole is <coughs> injured. Uh, we don't really know what's going on there yet, but that mixed with, Christian and, and Adam Copeland. Then you got Swerve and what he's doing. We got a lot of different... And MJF, like Jesse said, he's got his hands in, in multiple cookie jars. So we got a bunch of different stories happening on Dynamite, man. This is right now the two strongest stories that AEW has had, maybe ever, honestly. I, I think this is going to be a fantastic story with, yeah. with, with uh, Copeland and Christian. And then when the blow-off happens with MJF and Adam, Adam Cole, when, when that split happens, I mean, we're only getting started there. Yeah, they have stories now. The, the, those guys are just, they were just repeating um, the shit that the, the actual AEW fans were saying that there's there's no fucking story. Because there wasn't. Yeah. But as of late, there has been story. That has turned around. That is that is no longer the case. But they don't watch. We do. So we know that there's story now. They're just still saying the shit that used to be true. That's not true anymore. There's, there's fucking story now. They can quit that agenda. That's over. Yeah, the Don Callis family, Chris Jericho, that's another one. Yeah, yeah, three star, three strong stories on Dynamite. Yeah, 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 yeah. no. It, um, it is, Wardlow, 
Another Wardlow squash. This time it was Ryan Nemeth. This basically was over in five seconds. One powerbomb, and that was it. Tony Schiavone actually got in the ring and wanted answers from Wardlow. What are you doing back? What's different now? Why are you here? MJF, I think you called it last week, Jesse. MJF had, uh, or uh, Wardlow rather, had MJF written on his wrist tape. All he did was hold up the wrist tape, and it said MJF. Tony Giovanni saw, well, he says, well, it says MJF. What does that mean? And then Wardlow shoved past Giovanni, walked out of the ring, and didn't utter a single fucking word. What is he back for? Is he back to go after MJF? Does he want MJF? Is he wanting the world title now? Or is he there to befriend MJF and maybe back him up and maybe rekindle a friendship, seeing that his old buddy is in trouble? Well, let's start here. First off, shout out to Tony Schiavone for taking the world's softest bump and making it look like he had a goddamn aneurysm out there in the damn ring. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. man. Yeah, those, ro- right? those, those ropes are bouncy, bro. Oh, my God. They, oh, you got in my way. Ooh. Oh, God. Jesus like me falling off of my chair uh, when I did yeah. the when I did the Braun Strowman all those years. <laughs> yeah, oh god, I, I got a clip of that saved somewhere in my email. That was really good. But um, the layers of our new Wardlow is is unfolding. Yeah. So I like that. I can appreciate that he didn't just come in and do a squash and left. He came out, did a squash, and now the next layer is he's going to point out the fact. That yes, MJF is in fact written on his wrist, but now we don't know why. Like you just said, you know, for what reason? What does this mean? That I have to come on the next layer. So, um, I'm not I'm not in the position to say I like what they're doing with Warlow, but I'm I'm not on the train of I'm tired of them. Get him out of here because you screwed him already. You did screw him, you know. And we did we do need a a a, a kind of little of a bounce a bounce back story for Warlow, but we may be getting it. So. I'm interested. I want to see where this goes. I, I am interested too, but I'm treading very lightly. And agree. Uh, anybody in the company that's watching this or uh, listening to us speak on this particular situation, you have to understand from a fan's perspective, and I've been doing this for a, quite a while, and I've been watching too much pro wrestling, uh, yeah. you, you know, you, you burn that bridge once, fine. And, yeah. and, and you rectify it, fine. Uh, you burn the Wardlow Bridge three different times already. Yeah. I don't want exactly. to walk over that bridge anymore. So the it, next it, time it, you rebuild that bridge for a fourth time, I'm going to fucking tippy-toe on that motherfucker until I feel like it's safe to cross. And I'm going to give a, a hard, long look at that bridge and wonder if it's stable enough for me to walk over. I'm not walking over it willingly anymore because we're big fans of what Wardlow is capable of. The guy yeah. had potential, and now he's back for a fourth time after you fucking dropped the ball on him on multiple occasions, and now you want me to invest my time in him again? What has the company done to show me that they want to invest in him and maintain that? Exactly. Um, a couple of important things as it pertains to a, a gimmick and your, your hardcore pro wrestling fans is, I mean, credibility and and your integrity. I mean, and right now, Wardlow has no credibility with us because you took that from him. And the 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 integrity part comes in is how are we supposed to have the good faith that you're going to treat Wardlow right this time around when you screwed him over, you know, multiple times in the past? I mean, so you just if you want me to believe that this time is going to be the time, you, you kind of lost that integrity. So you're going to have to prove it to us again. So I'm here for it. Just want to see it, though. Listen, I'll give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. 
all because uh, of MJF being involved in some way, shape, or form. But, you know, I, I don't want to write it off just yet. Skeptical. Like, I don't know what his deal is with with uh, MJF Wardlow. Is he yeah. going to cost MJF the title? Is he seeking revenge for what happened? Are they going to play into that whole thing that happened a couple of years ago, double or nothing? You know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, we're well past that by now. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they should have fucking played that shit off as soon as MJF got, got back to television. And yeah. they didn't do that, so... It is what it is. We'll give it some time. We'll uh, we'll give you the generic. Let it play out. Let it play Let out. Let it play out. Uh, Roderick Strong. He was in his humble abode. Did you see the little graphic? Roderick Strong's humble abode. Where in the fuck is Marina Shafir? Who? Why are there three guys tending to Roddy? And Roddy is a very married man. I don't know. I, I I don't think that this is his actual home either. I mean, is this his actual home? Hey, it said it was his home. Then it was his home. His humble abode. Right. So where was Marina Shafir? I don't know. I don't know. But he's got Adam Cole making him peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with the fucking crust on. Terrible. That was easy didn't you to say, work. Didn't you say something last week on Twitter? While I was uh, away doing personal business, I seen a tweet from you. You said, yep. any parent that doesn't cr- uh, cut the crusts off of their sandwich for their children before they get sent to school should not be uh, deemed a parent or something along those lines. No, no it needs to be put in jail. <laughs> need to be put in jail for listen, fucking child abuse. Listen, man, not all nope. crust is bad, bro. You got to buy the right bread, okay? Now, if you're having like Wonder Bread or generic white bread, then yes, you got to cut, cut, cut the crust off. I mean, that's just disgusting. Bro... You want to call yourself a parent and you send your kid to school with a PB&J with the crust on? Let me find it. I'm calling the goddamn cops. I'm know, just man. saying. I don't, know. I don't know what type of bread you're buying. That doesn't matter. I mean, it's for a child, man. You think a child's going to so critique the kind of, what is the brand of this bread? You get bread and you peel a fucking crust, period. That's it. It doesn't matter what kind of bread it is. It's for a kid's PB&J. You peel the crust. Or do you go to jail? You pick. Man, I love I love me some good bread, bro. Have you ever have that uh, that Dave's? Oh, I think it's Dave's organic bread. You know, you see the commercial with the fucking guy on the on the package playing the guitar, man, heavy metal guitar. You ever see that commercial? Yeah, it looks like Rick Boogs. Yeah, it's like yeah, the, the 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 Rick Boogs bread. Yeah, I love that. That bread's fucking great. It's very it's expensive. Just, it's like fucking seven dollars in the store. It's just bread. So what? They got it's a great story behind it. Go look it up. It's just bread. Everything's expensive, man. Everything is expensive, man. It fucking is. carton eggs is like six dollars. Jesus, dude. My fucking cream for my coffee is like seven dollars now. I mean, holy shit! Like, before I walk out, I got four things in my car. I'm spending fucking eighty dollars. What the fuck's going on? I get, I get, I get farm fresh eggs, man. Cage free. Like, no, no. I'm, I don't mean like I don't mean like go to the store and buy farm. I mean, oh, you go to the my, farm and buy farm. Eggs. Oh, yes, okay. my 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 wife, my wife's mom has a friend who has a legit farm, like a real farm. We get uh, straight up farm fresh eggs and beef and chicken, like straight from the farm. That's the way no to do it. Processing bro. plants, no none of the shit like that. That's the way to bro- that's the way to do it, man. The vegetables, man. You go buy vegetables at a farm, man. Instead of buying them in a the supermarket, you taste the difference immediately. Yeah, you do. You do. Anyway, we're in uh, Roddy's humble abode. Mike Bennett's playing the bongos. And Adam Cole brings Roddy some coffee. He spits it out saying he hates hot coffee. I have to have a talk with Roddy. 
Hot coffee is delicious. Strong apologizes and said he, would, he used to love uh, it back in Ring of Honor when Adam Cole would make PB&J sandwiches. So they get a video montage of Cole making sandwiches and they're all in slow motion and they're buttering, oh, not they're uh, peanut buttering the bread and the jelly and they're putting the fucking bread on top of the sandwich and they're making it all delicious. He gives it to Roddy. He eats it. He spits it out because the crust is still on it. And Cole said he had enough of this shit. He's had enough. He hasn't talked to Max in weeks. He's taken me for granted. I haven't even got my surgery yet. <coughs> Work. Uh, Cole left and Strong told Bennett and Matt Taven he knows what he has to do to get his best buddy back. He says, I think it's about time we start being nice to that scumbag, MJF. You see uh, Kevin Owens? Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't Adam Cole. He wasn't referencing Adam Cole. Who are you talking about? He was talking about another another close personal friend of his in Canada named Adam. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wink wink. Yeah. It's not it's not Adam Cole. It's a weird coincidence, no? Yes, it is a weird coincidence that you have two very good friends with the first name of Adam and they're both getting <laughs> surgery. Yes. Yes. The world works in weird ways, man, but I don't think it's about Adam Cole. Uh I mean, that would be fucking that would be crazy if they got Kevin Owens on the other <laughs> show playing into the fucking work that we got happening on Wednesday. Imagine How that. awesome. How Holy awesome. Holy shit. <laughs> That'd be great. Anyway, Renee Paquette was backstage with Kenny Omega, who said his win-loss record has been quite putrid lately. And thanks Kyle Fletcher for challenging him and reminding him just who he is. Once Omega defeats Fletcher and dispatches of the Don Callis family, maybe it's time for the Kenny Omega of old to challenge for the AEW World Championship and walks the uh, AEW World Champion, MJF. And he says he's always been a massive fan and he's wanted to say hello and shake his hand. He shook his hand and then he leans into Kenny Omega's left ear and says, as he whispers, 13 days, bitch, before walking off. Omega said, 13 days? We'll see about that. 13 days is in reference to when MJF becomes the longest reigning AEW world champion. Jesse, are we getting an MJF versus Kenny Omega match right before the streak comes to a halt? Well, it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Maybe we get it. Maybe we get it. uh, Is it the next week or not? Maybe we get it on collision. That's on Halloween. Maybe we get it on collision. Maybe, but I mean, I, I don't want it this soon with not, you know, no announcement. No, it deserves more than that. It, it, I mean, yeah. it, it's basically what uh, WWE did the last time the New Day and the Usos were in the ring. The, the New Day challenged the Usos because they were about to break their reign and they asked for a tag team title match. One last shot to break the streak. So 13 days. Do we get an impromptu Tuesday special? I don't think so. No. I don't know what that is alluding to, but 13 days is in reference to the longest reigning AEW champion, and MJF's about to break Omega's record. So, very interesting stuff there. We'll see what happens. But I am totally down for a match at some point with a proper build, for sure. Absolutely, man. And MJF is, is played as full. Now you get Kenny, and you get Adam, and you get all this other stuff. You got Wardlow. You know, everybody is, is looking at... It, it's, it almost seems like everything... It almost seems like everything in the company is being spiderwebbed around the world champion. Yep. It's amazing. 
Well, somebody said somebody said in the chat that MJF is on collision October twenty eighth. There you that's, go. That's more than that's, that's less than thirteen days though. That's ten days from now. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to see a match thrown together with one week build to it though. I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested. Tony Schiavone. He introduced Don Callis reluctantly. Don Callis, Kanosuke Takeshita, and Powerhouse Will Hobbs. They all come out. Don Callis getting booed out of the building in Houston. Said last week somebody did the unthinkable and demolished Chris Jericho. Hobbs said February 22nd. So we're getting an explanation here as to why he joined the Don Callis family. He said on February 22nd, 1998, he was supposed to have the greatest day of his life when he was supposed to meet his hero, Chris Jericho. Hobbs' grandmother got in front row tickets and Jericho told her to shut up and for a young Hobbs to sit down. Hobbs swore the day he got to look Jericho in the eye, he would hurt Chris Jericho over and over and he did just that by hitting spinebuster after spinebuster. Callis said people have always told Hobbs to bottle up the anger but in the Don Callis family, he allows the guys to be killing machines, and Hobbs will be unleashed on AEW. Callis says that they've won every match as a family, except for when Sammy Guevara was concussed. So Callis had to get a scab that failed in Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher com- comes out and gets in Don Callis's face. Hobbs shoved him away. Fletcher says he took the match as a favorite to Don Callis. And maybe he was the weakest link in that match last week. But tonight, he'll prove to everyone, including Don Callis, he doesn't need anyone's help to beat Kenny Omega. Don Callis says he likes the confidence. Instead of Fletcher wins, they'll have an opportunity to chat more next week. Jesse, what do you think of this explanation from Will Hobbs as to why he joined Don Callis and did what he did on Chris Jericho last night? I thought it was a serviceable uh, explanation, but... One that kind of lacked a little logic because they shared a locker room for four years, and now you're telling me after all this time, now you're bringing up this situation that happened in 1998 all because of what happened with Don Callis now? Yeah. yeah. You asked me and answered the question the way I was going to <laughs> again. So, yes, I agree. Why do you keep doing that? I don't know. I mean, but listen, man, we got the same fucking opinion. What do you want me to say? I want you to ask the question. Then yeah, I gotta get my it. take first. It's my fucking show. Then don't ask me. Just give your take. That was my take. I don't know why. It took yes, it's silly. It's years. silly that he came up with this explanation five <laughs> years later after they shared a fucking locker room locker, for and the last 20, five years. For twenty-five years ago. What Holy shit! Jesus Christ! <laughs> I sat there and said the same thing. I'm like, why uh, now? I don't. Uh, listen. Why now? L- listen. The whole perception of Will Hobbs getting into the Don Callis family. He did get booed. He did get a lot of boos. There was a lot of audible fucking noise over when he was speaking, over over his microphone, which was great. Um, this is exactly what he needs. You know, yeah. Hobbs looks better now standing next to Don Callis than he ever has looked in AEW. So it is working out for him. You know, yeah, it, it just the explanation was lacking, but no, it, no, it was it was lame. It, it could have been a lot simpler than that. I mean, it didn't it didn't have to go through all of that rigmarole. Just this guy, you know, and then look at him. He's a brick shit house. You know, he needs to be under the right kind of management. And I'm going to take him where he needs to be. Simple, fucking simple. You know, he knows where the money is. Is with the Callis family. 
I know where the fucking power is. It's right here in Powerhouse Hobbs, and we're going to get this shit. To... 25 years ago, I was at a meet and greet, and Chris Jericho, what? Yeah. Oh, oh, are you fucking kidding me? You got wrestling fans watching you right now who are not 25 years old. I mean, that is, that is some old, lame shit. I mean, that's not, I, I know I, I know. I talk about long-term booking all the time, but this is not my, <laughs> that's my, not, yeah. this is not my form of long-term booking. Uh, we like the pairing, like yeah. the group, like the pairing, Hobbs, it fits, it works. You just you just try too hard with the reason. Just he's a killer, and I want killers on my team. Period. Yeah, yeah. you know, done. Uh, Kenny Omega and Kyle Fletcher they had a really really good match. And I said on Twitter, Jesse, you know, uh, a lot of the times, and, and I'm going to reference Vince because you know he he is a culprit in this. You know, when a tag team went down with injury, for example, we're looking at the Viking Raiders on Monday Night Raw. Ivar is having some banger matches against the New Day, against Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. And Eric is going to be out for a very long time. So Ivar, instead of being on the shelf, Triple H is not going to keep him off the show because he's not hurt. He's going to send him out there and have some banger singles matches. He's going to get over. And I like that because when Eric does get back, Ivar is going to be stronger and it's going to make the Viking Raiders stronger as a whole with him having some tremendous performances. And the same thing could possibly be said about Kyle Fletcher. I, mean, I like the fact that both Triple H and Tony Khan are taking these two different tag teams, and they both have partners that are injured, and we're not keeping the uninjured to the sidelines. We're not keeping them in catering. We're letting them go out there and wrestle. Man, what do you think about this new, this new feeling of you know half of a tag team getting an opportunity while their other partner is injured? I love it. Well, he's been doing it, you know, for a while with, you know, Darius and Dante and everything yeah. else. But now at the same time, I mean, he kind of like gave up on that. Yeah. I mean, because it's 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 hard, man. It, it's hard when you have a tag team with that kind of tag team synergy and everything else and the whole package that is their tag team to have that instantly break up. And now you got to push them as a singles when they've been pushed as a tag team. It, it's it's hard to do. It's hard to get over as a single when you're known as a tag team wrestler. I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing uh, Jimmy is not doing too well in this aspect. No, Jimmy Jimmy Uso is not. Uh, I mean, he's nothing more than a lackey now. He's just kind of settled back into the bloodline, which is yeah. I mean, you, you want to be out, and now you want to be in. It's like all right. Meanwhile, your brother's fucking killing it. Yeah, and, and you're just a loser. Yeah, it it's hard, man. It's not impossible. But it is hard. I don't I don't think it's fair to say that the individual is a failure. You know, it just may be that they, you know, they were a tag team for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I don't know. It, it kind of sucks because at the end of the day, you just kind of have this feeling that a half of a tag team is not going to go on to do anything credible. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're, just, they're just filling in here and there. They're not going to do anything credible. I mean, Phoenix won the title, the, you know, the other week, but that wasn't supposed to happen either. And no. then he had to drop it. You know, so, I mean, yeah. yeah. In, in, in those instances, you know, when you got a tag team like that, Ray Phoenix and Penta, who felt felt like singles wrestlers and were singles wrestlers before they, you know, made a tag team in AEW, uh, and, and we really got them going in that aspect. And then you got Matt and Jeff Hardy, who, you know, were a tag team and then became, you know, successful singles wrestlers. A, a lot of it is sheer luck. And, and a lot of it, you know, just requires right time, right place, you know, right moment type of deal. It's not going to happen for everybody. You're not yeah. going to take somebody like a Kyle Fletcher and overnight make him into a, another Jeff Hardy. It's not going to happen that way. But I like that they're getting opportunities. I like that Fletcher and Ivar in this instance right now at the same time are getting opportunities while their partners are, are injured. 
Yeah, you know, and and it and it does suck. I don't I don't know. There's not a easy answer of what to do with a tag team once one is injured. Um, I think having your tag teams become more of a trio would help secure that. You know, i.e. the new day. If one gets hurt, you still have two for a tag team. You know, and right now with the acclaim, you know, what they they got Daddy S in there. You know, technically they could. Well, no, they're trios champions, so they they can't win, but. But you know what I mean. If there's more than more two more than two in the faction, then that can help them survive as a tag team. But yeah. as far as breaking them up from a tag team to a singles, that's not a foregone conclusion, man. A lot of a lot of tag teams are over because they are tag teams, and and, and it's not like you know, a detriment to that team. I think you can do that with a lot of like popular teams. And wouldn't you could separate the young bucks right now? I don't think it would be a good singles run for either one. No, no, I really, I really don't. They're, they're better as a tag team. I mean, that, that goes to, that goes the same for a lot of tag teams. It's not just a few. So yeah, uh, this was a very good match. Uh, Kyle Fletcher really proving himself while Mark Davis recovers from that wrist injury that uh, he suffered at the Wrestle Dream show against FTR. Uh, we go to a commercial break. Before the commercial break, Fletcher cut off a Omega Terminator dive. They're on the outside. They're chopping the shit out of each other. Omega set up Fletcher on a chair, sprinted, but Fletcher hit a low drop kick, and Omega clipped the chair going into the picture and picture commercial break. Uh, we come back from break. Omega tried the you can't escape. Fletcher avoided the moonsault by rolling outside. Omega connected on a moonsault of his own off the ropes. Missile drop kick connected right to the lower back, but Fletcher countered a V-trigger into a half-and-half half suplex. He came out of the corner with a big kick, a brain buster, got Fletcher in your fall. Fletcher came back with a vicious lawn dart and then a Michinoku driver for a two-count. A leg lariat in the ropes. Omega comes back with the V-trigger. Poison Rana, big high-stack powerbomb, another V-trigger, and Kyle Fletcher kicks out. So he's really proven himself here to have that guts, that uh, fucking determination here to beat Kenny Omega. And that's what Don Callis was looking for. Uh, another V-trigger. Fletcher countered a one-winged angel into a dragon sleeper. Then they both trade counters until Omega hit the snap dragon, turned Fletcher inside out with a V-trigger, one-winged angel, and that was basically it. One, two, three, nobody kicks out. Callis on commentary called Fletcher a failure for not beating Kenny he was, Omega. He was praising him for the whole fucking match. Yeah. <laughs> And now he, he lost as a failure. <laughs> he's a failure. <laughs> okay. That's why he's an that's, asshole. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> anyway, uh, great match. I, I don't know where they're going with Kyle Fletcher. Omega's obviously going to need backup uh, against the Don Callis family. I, I don't know where that backup is going to come from. Is it going to be Matt and Nick Jackson? Is it going to be Kyle Fletcher? Because obviously Don Callis, again, for a second week in a row, called him a failure and a loser. Is he going to end up joining Kenny Omega? And is he going to gain the respect of Omega after what happened here tonight? It's a very interesting situation as Kenny Omega doesn't really have any clear buddies here, bro. Yeah. It's I'm not not that. It just seems like he has no clear direction right now. Like, and he's like lost a, a lot more than we uh we care to see. He he has. I mean, I'm all on board with you know Kenny Omega using his star power to make other stars, but let's let let's you know, make make sure we're not making Kenny Omega no longer a star, man. He needs to be Kenny Omega. Like like his promo is that he needs to be Kenny Omega, he needs yeah. to start caring about the world title. Everything that he's basically saying himself. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. We got a Danhausen vignette. Yes, Danhausen looks to be returning. 
And he is, uh, I guess, uh, return housing. Turning from what? Injury. When think, he wasn't I think injured. He had a knee, he was, I think he had a knee injury. So even when he wasn't injured, he wasn't, like, wrestling. I mean. I, like, what is he going to add to the show? He's not, I mean, he, it, when he was completely healthy, he wasn't, like, an, a, a big in-ring performer is all I'm saying. So, you know. Oh, he's going to curse you, Jesse. Ah. Ah. Speaking of cursed, before I forget this, I wrote this down earlier in the show. It's right here. I fucking forgot to bring it up. Who attacked Jay White? Uh, I don't know. Adam Cole? Okay. So, one might want to say, oh, well, we haven't found out yet, so they haven't told us. Okay, all right, whatever. Next question. Why does Jay White not care about who fucking attacked him? Why is he not on a rampage? Like, who in the fuck was it that fucking attacked me? Yeah, it is funny how we haven't gotten any any mention of that since that happened. Like, Jay White hasn't mentioned it since for the last three weeks. It just, like, oh, okay, that happened. Anyway, back to what I was doing. Like, wait a minute. It, this should be, if nothing else, if nothing else, Jay White should be beside himself. Like, I'm on a fucking mission to find out who the fuck attacked me. All you fucking guys in the ring with me, go out there and start looking for evidence, videotape. Well, 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 well to, be, to be fair, Jesse, he, he, he did blame MJF. He, th- he thinks MJF did it. He thinks MJF did it, but he has not done anything to prove it. Like, I mean, what, like, what, like, what do you want them to do? Pull up the security cameras? They, they like they haven't used security cameras before. I mean, I mean, but he should give a shit as to who attacked him, as opposed to being passive aggressive. Oh, it was MJF. I think it was you. MJF said, "No, it wasn't me." So know. now what? Yes, it was. Or okay, then forget it. You know, well, what is it? You you left us with this big, huge cliffhanger with no payoff. That had no payoff. He said MJF did it. MJF said, I didn't do it. Okay. Well, back to the storylines, I guess. It didn't happen again. It didn't happen to someone else. We didn't definitively find out who did it. What happened? I'm sure it'll be brought up when they wrestle each other at full gear. They may uh, they may show themselves and show their faces at full gear. We don't know. You, you left us with a cliffhanger. The next time we see you on said show, you're supposed to give us some kind of payoff, some kind of explanation, or at the very minimum, at the very minimum, at least some kind of continuation to let us know that it'll be addressed down the road, as opposed to, eh, all right, that happened. Well, all of the culprits are hanging out in Roddy's humble abode, bro. You don't peanut know butter and jelly sandwiches. You don't, then if that's the case, that's again, my prediction. It may be, it may be, but at the same time, Jay White should be on a fucking rampage. Who in the fuck attacked me? Why is no one trying to fucking find out? Where's TK? You know, where's management? What What is all this going on back here? How come no one gives a shit that I was attacked by masked men? We'll see. Let it play out, bro. Like this. Let it play out. This is letting it play out. That was two weeks ago. This is letting it play out. You had two weeks to give us some kind of explanation, and we got nothing. 
I did let it play out. I didn't wait till the post Maybe show a of tea. the attack. I mean, a hint or something. That's I would yeah, appreciate I, that. Yeah. A small nugget of information. Something. Yeah, I didn't come in on the night of the attack after the show and then say, we don't know who did it. Yeah, it just happened. Give it a week. All right. We don't know who did it. Give it another week. Now we're two weeks past. Now I'm saying we need some fucking answers. Anyway, uh, Lance Archer. Lance. Where's he been, man? He hasn't been on the show in uh, God knows how long. He was only on the show because he's a Texas native, and they were in Houston tonight. So uh, Tony Khan once again booking for the hometown faithful here. Uh, He went one-on-one with Barrett Brown, and Archer dragged his opponent to the ring after tossing him down the highway like he usually does. Everybody's going (laughs) to die. Gets him in the ring. Brown started to make a comeback. Uh, Dove at Lance Archer, but Archer chokeslammed him onto the ring apron. Archer then finished him with a blackout, ends in two minutes, and that was basically it. Just a waste of my time. I mean, what is uh, is Lance Archer back on TV, or is he just back on TV because they were in Texas tonight? I can agree that, so, Wardlow coming back and doing what Wardlow did, you know, beating up a jobber in seconds yeah. and leaving, um, I can see where that has some legs and it could turn into a story because they gave us the little nuggets for it. So that makes sense. That 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 deserves to let it play out. This is just rinse and repeat, Lance Archer. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing here. Nothing new. It's a waste of time. Absolutely. uh, I mean, a fucking uh, half-witted idiot could have came up with uh, this match for this show tonight. Like, this this is the product of the creative team? Come on. Nothing. No Jake Roberts. Nothing. No no mentioning of the time that Lance Archer spent in New Japan, kicking ass over there. Just just Where where he primarily works out of. He's not even an AEW talent. He's a New Japan talent. Yeah, there's nothing. Uh, Swerve. Swerve Strickland apparently has a new music video premiering on Friday on YouTube called Big Pressure. And they showed a teaser of a remix video that he will be releasing on Friday. They went to Nana and Swerve on the street with graffiti in the background talking about his new music video. He may have been on the set of his new music video. We don't really know. Nana said it was an exciting time. Swerve says he's not excited because he should be celebrating with the TNT title. Says he's not. Because of Hangman Page, said the match wasn't personal uh, at Wrestle Dream. It was Swerve versus the Spot. Now Adam Page has made it personally. Says it's not always who pays for your actions, is what he said. I love, I I I love the Swerve and Nana dynamic. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, it's I, I, it's almost like they don't need mogul affiliates anymore. Just them two. Yeah. That's all they fucking need. Yeah. I I like I like the levity of which Nana brings to the gimmick, the dancing, the think the fucking being like a, just a goofball and shit. And I love how when Swerve enters the fucking frame, like oh shit, it's fucking business time. You know, just back the fuck up. Swerve's entering the fucking room. It makes Swerve seem come off as a bigger deal. As an even bigger deal. As Nana goofs off and he takes all of the fucking heat from the slapstack shit. But then Swerve walks in. It's like, ooh, like the like the record screech. Uh-oh. Shit's getting real now. I like it. I love that fucking dynamic. Do you swerve when you drive, Jesse? I do not. I don't want to get tickets. <laughs> and plus, my new car won't let me swerve. It puts you back in the lane. Oh, you got one of them, uh, you got one of them uh, fancy uh vehicles. Okay. Self-drive, okay. man. It's- uh, listen, uh, Swerve is actually with Nana coming to House of Glory on December 1st, man. 
Oh, now, that's going to be very interesting, man, because I, I'm sure he knows I work there, and he does not like me. So I may have to go up to him and squash some business uh, and say, listen, bro, we love you. No Let hard, me know how no, that works no, out no, no hard feelings, man. Let me know how that works out for you. That's not going to work out well. He's probably going to fucking, uh, he's probably going to give me uh, a, a JML driver right there on the fucking concrete. Not going to go well, bro. No? No. No, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't care for me at all, huh? Put it like, put it like this. Swerve is a businessman. He will definitely sit down and and give you his time and discuss his issue with you. For sure. Okay. For sure. So. What is his, what is his issue? Apparently he doesn't like uh, differing opinion. Uh, I don't know, man. Let the man let the man speak speak his speak his truth, bro. Okay. May I have to bring. I, I may have to bring uh, Hoot Media into the uh, concessions here. And, and and if and if he kicks your ass, you know, I mean, it won't be I the first it. time you get your ass kicked out there. So uh, I mean, Charles Mason already gave me uh, a broken jaw. Shout out to Charles Mason, man. Yeah. Yeah, Mason did uh, what uh, everybody wants to do. Yeah. Punched me yeah. right at the commentary desk. Surprised like, oh, I didn't before that. People are like, look, Basin just turned babyface. Look. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, man, uh, listen, I-, I look forward to calling Swerve's match. Whoever he's in the ring with at Hog, it's going to be uh, whose house of glory? Swerve's. So December 1st, go. man, on Premier Network. Um, Shivani, he was in the ring with Sting. We, we did talk about Sting a, a little bit before. Uh, in the open of the show, Sting is in the ring, and Shivani said that he introduced Sting in 1987 on TBS, and it thrills him every time. He introduced Sting, who made his way to the ring, and he yelled out, and he said, decades ago, fans yelled back, and it thrilled him. Well, shall I say the word? He paused, and he said he wanted to reflect a little bit first before talking about that dreaded word. Says he's traveled up and down the road with people like Lex Luger. The Steiners and Buff Bagwell says they look at the generation ahead of them that helped shape his career like Dusty Rhodes. He said he was the most charismatic wrestler he had ever seen. He mentioned Hulk Hogan, who was booed in Texas. Sting acknowledged the boos for Hulk Hogan, but said, listen, Hogan transcended pro wrestling, and I did learn a thing or two from Hulk Hogan. He did transcend pro wrestling, Jess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Did I guess. Did, did, yeah, but yeah. but but wait, but 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 did he though? Yes. Did he did he do it though? No, Vince McMahon did. Thank you. Yes. I feel like I, I Hulk feel Hogan like, was just a fucking uh, all star player hired by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I feel like Hogan was the tool that Vince picked at the time. Yeah. I feel like if he had a whole tool kit, he could have picked any one of the tools that fit that job. And it would have gotten done what Hogan got done. Now, yeah, yeah, but Hogan, I mean, Hogan, I mean, let, let's, Hogan did his part. He, I mean, he he nailed his part. But Vince could have just as easily picked someone else to put him in. Let let part. let's put it this way: If Vince picked anybody else and didn't pick Terry Bollea, would it have worked out the same way for Vince McMahon? Probably not. Depending on who he picked, who, who was it, who who was he going to pick? You could have if you would have told me that he was going to pick Terry Bollea, I would have said that's not going to fucking work. Because we didn't, it didn't. Because we didn't, it didn't play out yet. We don't fucking know. You, we don't know. Macho Man got pretty fucking close. He could have made Macho Man a fucking just, just as high as a megastar. Macho Man didn't look like Terry Bollea. He did not. He did not. He was not as big. But I'm saying, like I said, Hogan did his part. But I think Vince picked Hogan and ran with him. 
So eh, listen, it's it, it's up for debate for sure. But he did mention Hogan. He did get booed. Um, he then touted Ric Flair and thanked him. Fans chanted, "Thank you, Sting." Sting said, Th- "No, thank you, guys." He said, "They'd wonder why those wrestlers hung on so long." He said, "Now look at him." He said, "It's the smell of the arena and the camaraderie of the wrestlers and its fans." He said, "His body can't do what it did 20 years ago." He asked if he should be jumping off balconies. No, he should not. But I'm not going to stop him. He says, they'd get back to that. He says, there's a word that he's hesitant to say. Fans chanted, you still got it. He said, fans are thinking he retired once already. Yes, I said the word retire. He said, that retirement in 2015 didn't sit well with him. And there was a key moment in his retirement speech when he said, nothing's for sure. He said, that brings him to the word retirement again. So... He is standing there, and he says, this is his moment and their moment, and he wants to share it with them. He said he started with AEW at Revolution 2021, and he said his very last match will be AEW at Revolution 2024. And that was basically it. Uh, And I've seen a lot of people online saying, well, why Revolution? Why isn't it at All In? Why isn't it at Double or Nothing or All Out or one of the bigger shows that AEW has uh, as a marquee event, one of their bigger marquee shows. It, it makes sense. He signed a three-year deal. He does not want to extend his deal. He wants to end when his deal is up from Revolution 2021 to Revolution 2024. I don't know why people are saying it should be somewhere else when that is it's, is fitting within the time frame of his contract. It's what Sting wants. Yes, that's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing. If he if he if his contract is up at Revolution, but he said, "Hey, TK, I want to end it at All In. I'll give you the extension right to All yeah. In. Yeah, I'll give you whatever. I mean, he'll give him whatever he fucking wants to go out the way he wants to go out. He chose to go out at Revolution, and that's just what it is. It's crazy. He's gonna get what he wants. Sting is gonna want what he wants as his final send off. Uh, Tony Khan's gonna give it to him. Tony Khan, I know, is gonna make it special." And it's crazy, Jesse. You know, I said that I think Tony Khan and AEW are going to really ride this wave and kind of make uh, make AEW Dynamite must-see to see what Sting does in his final couple of months and, you know, who he's going to be in the ring with in, in his final couple of months. And it's crazy because not only do we got Sting, we also have Brian Danielson kind of calling it quits next year. Not, uh-huh. not completely retiring, but, I mean, it's going to be very... Yeah, I don't want to say interesting, but it's going to be kind of uh, kind of sad to see Sting go and then Brian Danielson take a, a very lax schedule at the same time, man. Next year, both guys are going to be going bye-bye. Yeah, so Sting's going to step out of the ring entirely, and Brian's basically going to hop into Sting's spot. You know, and just basically a, a, a part-time um, special occasions. Um, whenever he basically wants to, he'll, you know, do a match, but He'll no longer be a full-time um, in-ring performer. And it's kind of sad, but it's also kind of cool to see that the guy went from being an indie darling to being someone who can legitimately have a job anywhere he wants in any wrestling company in the world, work whatever schedule he wants and make whatever money he wants because he's that goddamn good. Yeah. So yeah, that's, Brian, that's, that's very good. Yeah, Brian's probably going to be uh, somewhat creative as well and, kind of be one of the right-hand guys of Tony Khan because of their relationship there. So he's definitely going to have more of a backstage role than he's going to be in-ring. But, you know, next year it's uh, Sting and Brian Danielson, man. Two two guys, two legends kind of toning it down in their uh, 
wrestling careers. RJ City, he's with Tony Storm. And tonight, Tony Storm debuted her second blockbuster entitled Gone with the Storm. Tony walked in and told him not to say another word. She told them to play the picture. They cut to a split screen, a split screen commercial break, and the movie began to play during the split screen. We got the movie including her taking an aggressive bite out of a banana. Get your mind out of the gutters, guys. Uh, taking a bite out of the banana and a reference to a pearl necklace. She slapped RJ, who then said, I meant the jewelry. He said next week she'll have her own butler service. She thanked RJ, who she then called Mr. Studio Man. RJ called her a big star and said that they'd roll out the red carpet. She asked for a close-up and struck a, struck a pose uh, in the wind. So she's really uh, she's really fine, diving headfirst into this into this gimmick. It, it's great. We, we, we say it every week. But I, I did mention last week, Jesse, RJ City almost as... The uh, de facto uh, interviewer here for the Tony Storm Act, you know, I wasn't a big fan, and I told you this before, I don't really watch anything RJ City does on YouTube, but I've kind of warmed up to him, man. His personality mixed with Tony Storm is uh, is great television to me. I don't know what flipped the switch there, but the interactions between the two are just natural, and it's it's genuinely, I don't want to say, you know, it's good, but it's like heartwarming. It, it just fits perfectly. I've I've started um, every Sunday. I, I watch uh, Hey EW now. Yeah, RJ City is actually a pretty funny guy. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying those segments. So the stuff he's the, he, the stuff he does here with Tony Storm, they're they are great. They're funny. They're hilarious. I, mean, I don't I still don't think they're as good as the stuff he does on Hey EW. You know, some guests are better than others. They're not all like home runs, but some of those fucking segments, man, are just fucking just really, really, really fucking good. And um, him with um, Tony Storm, I think that adds a another layer to what she's doing. I am so on board to this with this new gimmick, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that they needed a new women's champion, and they didn't go flying right back to Tony Storm yet. Good. Let her keep doing what she's doing with this gimmick. Give her some time away from that title as this gimmick develops and gets even better. When it starts to maybe get a little boring or you don't know what to do with it next, then give her the title again and watch it just fucking re revamp itself and get and maybe be great all over again. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder who this butler is going to be. Apparently, some people in the chat saying that it's going to be Mariah May, uh, a female butler next week. I don't know. I don't know. It could be anybody. I mean, I'd be Tony Storm's butler. Fuck it. What if it's Reggie? No. Scripps? Scripps? The guy Scripps on NXT? That guy? No, no, no. Reggie, who was with uh, Carmella. Yeah, that's Scripps and, on and NXT. I, you, 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 you didn't really... Uh, you don't watch NXT. They put I don't watch a, NXT. That's they, where they, he they, is they, now? They, they put him in a silly mask, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I had no idea that existed. Oh, okay. Yeah, awful. Well, what a terrible gimmick. He went from uh, wor- working the women's division to wearing a fucking lucha mask on NXT and then losing every match that they put him in. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> he got him in a mask on yeah. the neck. Well, they took the mask off him because they thought the, the, the gimmick was a failure. But yeah, yeah, the, the, the chat will let you know. Awful. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like he had all kinds of high upside to get. I mean, I, I, I think the the stuff in the women's division was his pinnacle. He's not going to get any better than that for him. Right, listen, he was in the ring with Sasha Banks. I mean, uh, that's his career highlight there. There you go. Uh, Jim Ross, his career highlight... Uh, this year is sitting next to Nick Wayne's mother. I know. 
I know. Jim Ross telling Nick Wayne. Those material, man. If you follow Jim Ross on Twitter, you know what kind of material he likes, bro. My goodness. I love following Jim Ross, man. Nick Wayne, he cannot believe what he did to Darby (laughs) Allen, Jim Ross. He says, good friends in pro wrestling are rare. Nick Wayne's mom said that she was shocked. Said Darby was there for him from the beginning. She scolded her son for siding with Christian after what he said about his late father. She pleaded with him. Wayne snapped and said, with Darby, he was always in the shadows. He said it's time for him to prove himself and prove why he's there. He told his mom, this is him, and said Christian is a better father figure than his real dad ever was. Christian walked in, put his hand on Nick's shoulders. He asked, are you ready to come home, son? Nick's mom begged, no, please don't. Don't go. She put his hand on his shoulder, spun around and yelled at him, for, for uh, walking away with Christian. She then slapped him in the face. And Nick Wayne then looked at his mom and said, you're a terrible mother and, I, and you're dead to me. And then Christian, Christian is standing there in the background watching all this happen. And Nick Wayne's mom, Jesse, looks over at Christian and says in this sobbing voice, what did you do to him? What did you do? And, and Christian told her, well, you should have picked up the phone and walked away. So then, then we get the sounds of, of what looked to be a, a backstage brawl happening on the other side of the door that they walked out of. <laughs> the door opened up and Darby was attacking Christian and Nick Wayne. And Darby threw Nick Wayne right into a fucking barricade that was sitting right there in the parking lot. So we get this segment uh, ending. And then uh, all of a sudden we get all of this action bleeding to the outside. Darby dragged Wayne onto the ramp. Luchasaurus made the save. Christian joined in. Sting then comes back out, went after Christian and Luchasaurus. He threw Luchasaurus into the ringside barricade. Wayne was bleeding from the mouth from the beat up from Darby. Christian begged uh, Sting to not touch him in the ring. Sting put him in a scorpion death lock, but Christian was dragged out of the ring by Luchasaurus, who stood by with Nick Wayne on the ramp, bleeding from the attack from Darby Allen. This was great stuff. It was great. It was great stuff. Um, like I said, man, this this Nick Wayne heel turn is gonna be such a hard sell. Yeah, Nick Wayne is 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 pissed that his mom slapped him, so he left with Christian Cage. Christian yeah. Cage did a lot more than slap him. I don't know, so, man. You know, I, I, we we we, we go from that that scene where Swerve and Ar Fox left Nick Wayne bloodied yeah. in, in 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 his home in, in the ring, the training facility there in his backyard. To now, he feels like Darby is overshadowing him, or he he felt like he was in Darby's shadow. I mean, who who was there to save him from that swerve in AR Fox attack? It, it was Darby Allen. Without Dar- without Darby Allen, it, it's like who who knows where 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 Nick Wayne would be? He may be dead. Yeah, I I I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't see. I mean, I'm not seeing anything wrong with with uh, with Nick's uh, run as a heel right now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, for, I mean, as far as we've seen, he's doing okay. I mean, he'll get oh, is there. that why it, he was bleeding because he lost a tooth? Yeah, yeah, he, he lost a tooth. Well, uh, the the call was he lost a tooth. I don't know if that was shoot or what, but it, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be. There's no reason for blood right there, so he yeah. probably did lose a tooth. That's so, that's, yeah. that's pretty that's pretty brutal there. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, I mean, Christian, what, what have haven't we said about Christian Cage? Just great shit. Well, why didn't you pick up the phone? You should have picked up the phone. It's so good, man. So good. Father of the year continues to just fucking uh, blow us away, man, with his fatherly ability. 
Yeah. The 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 bigger that Christian Cage can make that TNT title, um, the better because it allows them to leave the world title on MJF for as long as they, I know they want to. And you can build that TNT title up to be um the clear cut second title or you know, you know, or one B. And that one can be passed, you know, you know, back and forth, not back and forth, but passed from you know holder to holder without it being like a five-year title reign and no shit like that. Yeah. But the TNT title is getting much love from Christian Cage right now. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's definitely the the, the man who makes the title, not the title that makes the man. Uh, and, and Christian Cage is proving that uh, with this TNT title reign. This is now the second biggest title. It's it's amazing how we went from the international championship being uh, right underneath the AEW world title. Now we're back to the TNT title being the second title in the company that is most important here because of what Christian Cage has done with it. It's just unbelievable work. Yeah, one, one was defended every damn week, you know, week in and week out, top of the show. And the other ones rarely defended, but... They are saddled with fantastic creative and promos and everything like that. So you can do both. You can you can make a title worth his while in the ring, but I think the one with the story behind it is much more interesting, man. Because after a while, so many so many orange punches and slum dog millionaires you can do before it's just like okay, we've seen this. Now what? You yeah. Know? So I'm loving what Christian Cage is doing. Right, I cannot be said enough. And then in the main event, guys, we got the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. 12 guys here, all challenging for the right to fight MJF next week for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, Very standard, very fundamental, formulaic AEW Battle Royal. Nothing really special about this. You got Dustin Rhodes in there, Matt Menard, Jeff Hardy, uh, Matt Hardy, Trent Beretta. Jake Hager, Commander was in there. I mentioned Fuego Del Sol. They all look the same to me with the fucking masks. Fuego's Commander gone, Aziz. I believe. Yeah, Commander. Commander's in there. Commander uh, Johnny T. Yeah, Commander Aziz. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. uh, Johnny TV, Matt Seidel. We got Juice Robinson in there. Like I said, uh, he was the one that eventually won this thing. And uh, it, it came down to two logical guys in the end. It was Max Caster and Juice Robinson. They were the final two. Dustin Rhodes was in there. He got a big pop in Texas, hometown guy. Uh, Daniel Garcia got a big reaction with his dancing. He was finally able to bust out the dance after Matt Menard told him to stop a few times. And like I said, very fundamental here. It came down to the last two, Juice and Max Caster. So Robinson was clutching onto the top rope, cut off a charging Max Caster. Robinson wanted to suplex out to the floor, but Caster held on to the top rope. Juice falls down, and Max Cash is up top. He goes off top with the mic drop, elbow drop. Jay White attacked MJF on commentary. The fight continued on the stage with MJF getting his AEW World title back briefly, but Jay White hit a low blow and regained possession of the Triple B. This distracted Caster after MJF made all that sense in the world about not being a dumb baby face. Max Caster's, oh, MJF, what's going on? He's looking on the fucking apron, turning his back on his opponent. Juice Robinson put on his TJ Maxx ring and knocked out Max (laughs) Caster, eliminating him to win the battle. Royal Bullet Club had a stare down with MJF as Jay White held up the AW title and Juice flashed his his knockoff ring to end tonight's show. So next week it's Juice versus MJF for the Dynamite Diamond Ring, and that's the way the show ended. So, 
um, I kind of like, um, I I kind of like giving having having the heel steal the world title and walk around for a few weeks and proclaim it as such. It it gives you the dynamic of having MJF lose the title and having you know your Jay White walk around as world champion without beating your world champion. It works. You just can't do it all the time. And that's not something that AEW does, so that's great. But if your goddamn heel is stealing the world title every other, you know, championship, it's, it's kind of no fun. It works here, especially since I'm sure the plan is to not take that title off of MJF anytime soon. It gives, even if it's not an authentic rub, and who are we kidding? These belts are props, you know, anyway. So whoever's holding it is the fucking champion as far as anyone from the outside looking in can tell. And, and and Jay is being tagged to walk around holding the world title for a few weeks. I think the visual of that and the trust in that is very telling, especially for someone who everyone wants to claim is buried and gone and Jay White. So I do like the dynamic and it gives MJF a chance to actually go chase his own title back in this little bitty feud right here. So I like what they're doing right now with MJF and the title and Jay White. So. Yeah, I, I do too. It also uh, it also paints the picture that MJF, even though he's worked his ass off to try and be a good guy, you know, he let his guard down. He wants to be a good guy. He wants to do what's right. People still have not, I guess, trusted him enough to befriend him after his terrible deeds over the last four years. And it creates and paints this sympathetic figure that is constantly trying to battle back from behind, and he's all—he's doing it by himself. He's got nobody. And going into the pay-per-view with, with that sympathetic figure that way, and, and he's behind the eight ball doing this all by himself, and, and him overcoming you know, the Bullet Club to retain that title and get that title back at the pay-per-view, it, it, just, it just makes for a good babyface story. It, it, I look at it, you know, not that I, I want it to be overly complicated. It's very simple, and sometimes the simple things are best. You feed that damn cat, man. I don't know, man. I don't know what the fuck. I'm about to fucking toss her out <laughs> on the street, to be quite honest with you. I can't even fucking. I can't even work in this office anymore. Why'd you let her in the room? Because she sleeps here. Kick her out. So yeah, it creates a sympathetic. It creates a sympathetic figure in the most simplest way, man. So you know, I I I think it's great storytelling. I really do. I think that this. Mixed with the Adam Cole thing and MJF having uh, his hands in multiple cookie jars and then the Edge or Adam Copeland, Christian Cage stuff, the Don Callis family. I mean, listen, man, the story is there. They just had an off week this week. It wasn't the most interesting thing. They didn't have a lot of substantial stories here. They didn't really forward anything too crazy. It just took this week into next week, and hopefully we get more next week. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm liking it. Uh, I think Jay White is... Is is earning his keep, and 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 proving that he was well worth the acquisition, and he's not buried. All right, I think Jay White's gonna be a fantastic piece to the AEW World Title picture for years to come. Yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed this first stream back since last Wednesday, and we got Clucky back. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys very much. We are gonna get into the super chats in just a second. Uh, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Let's try for a thousand likes on tonight's. Let's get a thumbs up for the cat, please. Yeah. Yeah. She's asking for thumbs up. 
A thousand likes, please, on tonight's video. Uh, make sure you guys get your super chats, and we're going to hang out in just a second. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And follow Jesse and I on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And go follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart on Twitter as well. And Jesse's going to be live tomorrow night with the Impact Post Show as we are heading into Bound for Glory. When is that, Jesse? Is that this weekend? That is this Saturday, man. I will be there live. There you go. So, so Jesse will not be on the Collision Post Show with me. Nope. I'm not even doing the Bound for Glory Post Show. I'll be at the pay-per-view. I got to do it Sunday morning, I think. There you should go. be a good show. Should be a really good show. It is a looking like a good card. All right, guys, let's get into these super chats so I can uh, get out of here and uh, figure out what the fuck's wrong with my cat. Tyler with a 199. Glad you are back, JD. We missed you. OTS for life. Tyler, I'm glad I am back, man. You guys are going to get a lot of content. You may get sick of me by the end of the week. Uh, thank you for the 199, brother. Sonny Singh with a 199. Welcome back, guys. We missed you. OTS forever. Thank you, Sonny. Nick Williams with 17 months. I'm happy you're back, JD. I still don't trust Endeavor. I think Vince being ousted is just a PR stunt. Keep your guard up. Aside from that, wrestling is back. Um, I always have uh, one eye on what Vince McMahon is doing, bro. We we've been burned before. There's no reason to believe that uh, he is gone forever. When he wants to do something and change something and take over, he will. Lord Jack, I don't give a shit what Vince does. Well, I just hope he goes away forever. Lord J. Coyle with a five and a two. I know you don't like these super chats, but my dog Taz sadly left us on Monday. I often watch OTS with him, and it breaks my heart that I can't do that now. Alter Bridge, a wonderful life, describes how I feel now. Lord J. Coyle, I'm sorry to hear that, brother. Wow. My thoughts and That's prayers nice. are with you, man. Yeah, man. Pets are family. No doubt about it. And that's a great song. That song does make me cry when they play it live. It's uh, a real tearjerker. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a $6 super chat. Two things, JD. Welcome back. And my favorite Sting moment showing up in AEW. Matt Fugitive with a six months. Welcome back, JD. Best wishes to you and your family. OTS for life. Glad to have you back with us. Thank you, Matt. Beyond the scripts, 25 months. JD, thank God you're back. Been so boring. It's been a true honor and privilege to be a member. I hope things are going well. And you had a good week. All is well here, brother. Michelle with a two. Very lackluster assortment for the Battle Royal. Very. Very Ring of Honor-esque. Sinister Classic with a new membership. Thank you, bro. Mama Scripts with one month. Welcome back, JD. You've been missed, and you are an inspiration to all of us. Thank you, Mama Scripps. Jason, thank you again, brother, for the $100 Super Chat. Always appreciate your generosity here in the OTS venue. John Ortolaza with a $5 Super Chat. I met Mercedes at New York City Comic Con. Told her she was a standout to me when I got back into wrestling in 2016. Where do you want to see her next? Much love, JD. I'd love to see her in AEW. But the Triple H maintaining 99.9% .9 creative according to the dirt sheets. Uh, it is not out of the realm of possibility that Sasha Banks could be back in WWE. Triple H, I know, would love to have her. And it was 
the past administration that passed on Mercedes and did not want to pay her. It wasn't Triple H. Um, there was a, a, a clip that somebody sent us of them going to see Mercedes. Yeah. And it was the, the, the person and they had a camera right in her face. And then they said to her, hey, I know I know you left a, a WWE for creative and everything else. And then she just kind of like had it out on them like, well, who told you that? It's like, oh, I read it online. And she was like, OK, well, thank you, you know. And then somebody sent it to us, like, well, this proves that she didn't leave for creative. I mean, my reply is like, what did you expect her to say sitting there with a camera in her face? She wants, so whoever, whoever sent this to you or expects us. us to reply, you know, my reply to all these fucking idiots out there, what do you expect Mercedes to say? Do you think that she's going to give you the answer while, while she's having all these people in line wait for her to sign <laughs> autographs? She's just going to blurt out the reason why she left WWE in front of all these random fucking strangers. Yeah. You kidding me? I know the reason why she left. <laughs> and I can't tell you why I know because I'd get in trouble. So Jesse and I know. And whatever the reason is, uh, Mercedes, did she leave because of creative? Sure, that was part of the reason. That was absolutely part of the reason. She's not going to tell you that is, but it is. And the reason is because... Obviously, they don't appreciate that past administration didn't appreciate women's wrestling. It's basically why, part of the reason. Why else could, would she? It, it wasn't about money. Well, money, Ross, money, money, what, well, she, they, they didn't want to pay her. What did, what did Jim Ross say? Cash and creative? Yeah. What? Why would she leave about money in the middle of her deal, in the middle of a tag title run, up and walk out for, for money? Listen. Mercedes, even if she was offered the money that she wanted and more, it doesn't really guarantee that she would stay there because Mercedes, yeah, she deserves to be paid. Yeah, she wants to be paid. But there is a deep-rooted fucking passion and love that this woman has for professional wrestling that she would not, she would not satisfy herself by staying in WWE. I mean, as soon as she left, Charlotte won the championship again. Like, nothing has changed. Literally nothing has changed there since she's left. Mercedes has been better off for it leaving WWE. She wanted to go to Japan. She did it. She won championships in Japan already. She did it. Had a banger with Kyrie. She did it. She's going to come back and win more championships in Japan and, and possibly AW. She's going to do that. She's like, wrestling and she's happy. Yes. That's she's it. Wrestling. That's it. So, and, and yes, Trinity, listen. Now, how many, how many. Jesse knows this for a fucking fact because Jesse knows the whole story just as much as I know the story because I told him. Jesse knows that Trinity was part of the reason why she left as well because they are very close. And a lot of people painted Mercedes. Every dirt sheet presented Mercedes as the one who left and was the crybaby. But Jesse, I ask you, who's to say that Trinity didn't walk out and was angry, and Sasha or Mercedes walked out and followed Trinity because she was a good friend. Why did Mercedes have to leave? Why couldn't it have been Trinity that was pissed off and pushed to her limit and walked away? Nobody reported that, though, right? I mean, I don't know, man. You guys make your own assumptions. I know the real deal. Sorry to tell you. Um, that's all. That's all I'll say there. We're moving on. No more, uh, no more Mercedes talk. We love Mercedes. 
Uh, Hollywood guy with a five-dollar super chat. Do you feel that Tony's tweets can damage the AW brand? Maybe losing some fans along the way, making the company look bad. Yeah, absolutely. It needs to curb his enthusiasm. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, about, about what? His his tweets? Yeah. I, I I love how all of a sudden now, all of a sudden, out of the blue, when it came to the punk situation and TK's tweets, all of a sudden, out of the blue. The WWE stands are all about being an adult. They're 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 all about not being immature. You have to be more mature. That's so immature. That's that's not professional. They love, oh, you got to be a professional too. That's not professional. That's so immature. It, wait 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 a minute. I'm not even saying you're wrong, but why do you care all of a sudden now about maturity and all this other shit? I mean, what where did this come from? Do, do you not think Vince McMahon did the same thing during the Attitude Era that Tony Khan's doing now? I mean, maturity? Really? I mean, I mean, the CEO, well, he's not the CEO anymore, uh, but uh, Vince McMahon, uh, I mean, he's a sexual predator. So. My God. Hey, I mean, how, if you're comparing both names, who's better off? Tony Khan you know? is. And last I checked, TK has not written. Okay, well, I mean, look, I'm not going to. TK is not a sexual predator. Hey, hey. Okay. You said it, not me. But look, so, so they want to hang their hats on Triple H. And so Triple H and maturity. Really? DX? Really? Okay, how about after DX when he was in management? Remember, Triple H, this is the same guy that went on and made that big rant in the ring about calling all the WWE fans marks. Oh, I know. I'm going to go online, me and my friend Mark. And we're gonna write about it online. That's the same Triple H. That's management Triple H. Wasn't it uh, WWE leaking the Fast Nationals for Rampage when they first hit the scene? Very immature. Who was that? That was WWE. Who, who, who was it that uh, that tattled on AEW for the for the fucking pizza cutter Nick Gage incident on Dynamite? That was WWE too. WWE. They're not gonna tolerate that blood and gut stuff. So, so, so you want you want to talk about immaturity? Uh, WWE has been very immature in regards to AEW, and Tony Khan is only storing up all his animosity, and it's just bursting out at the same time. Yeah, so. he's getting he's getting tired of their bullshit. I mean, they're not they're not competition. We don't care about it. AEW is not competition. So we're what, gonna go count. We're gonna go counter program everything. They what, 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 wasn't WWE contract tampering with some of Tony's talent last year as well? Keith Lee and uh, Swerve to be uh, to be named. I'm uh, sure, right? Uh, uh, last year, yeah. This year, this year, now. Well, well, last year, yeah, last year it was but, Swerve and Keith Lee for sure. Still, still doing it. What? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, so let, let's again, let's curb the enthusiasm about uh, about what what happened last still week. Still tampering. Yeah. I mean, Jade, what? No. Yeah. Well, well. That, that was, no. Hikaru Suke with a eight months. Glad to see you back, JD. I hope you enjoyed your vacation and thank you for all your hard work and dedication. You were the true tribal chief of the IWC. Thank you very much for eight months. Appreciate you. Uh, what do we got here? Um, Sham World with 12 months. Rumor has it that Monday Night Raw might be heading to Tuesdays. If so, will TNT turn into Monday Night Titans or will it stay on Tuesdays? Bro, I don't fucking know what's going on. Why would they move Raw off Monday? It's been on Monday since 1992 or 1993. Who gives it? Why? Why Why are we making assumptions off of nothing? Because Ari Emanuel said, well, 
We have the flexibility where we could move it to any night of the week. You're supposed to say that. They're trying to they're trying to get a buyer for their TV yes. rights deal. Yes. So if someone's sitting around interested and saying, I'm interested in Raw, but nah, we have our Monday spot locked up already. He's out there saying, hey, we're flexible, bro. Yep. Yuri Lover with a five. JD, my great uncle, passed away today due to a brutal cancer. I've known him ever since I was a baby. Please send your thoughts for me and my family. Sorry to hear that, Yuri Lover. That thoughts sucks. and prayers with your family. Joseph Taylor, a $5 super chat. The only three good Goldberg matches ever. DDP Halloween Havoc, 1998 Brock yeah. Lesnar, and yeah. WrestleMania 33 in 2017. Wow. Yeah. All bad matches. He has never had a good match. No. The closest thing to a good match that Goldberg has ever had, you can quote me on this, it's the it's the Monday Nitro match he had with William Regal. Uh, you, you know more about that than I do. Oh, my God. And, and Regal caught heat for that match because... They get mad from what Regal is saying. They get mad because they would, he went out there and exposed Goldberg about his inability to work in the ring. Regal went out there and put this guy in fucking holds, countered his fucking moves, put him in stretches. Goldberg looked like a fucking idiot out there. He didn't know what to do. Regal out there just working them, man. Nah, but we have a lack of depth in the world of pro wrestling. Shit thing, Bill. Shit thing, Bill. <laughs> Stick to your fucking hot rods, Bill. Regal stretched the fuck out of him. He didn't know what to do. They had to, they had to have him go home. Go home. Go home. Jack Hammer. What did Gorilla Monsoon used to say? He doesn't know a wrist lock from a wrist watch. That's Bill Goldberg. That's Goldberg. Steven with a 499. Malachi Black has done more for MWL, Moist Wrestling League, than he's done for AEW since All In. JD Fox. Jesse Fox. Drew Fox. OTS for life. Thank you, Steven. I don't know what Moist Wrestling League is, and I don't want to know where it is. M- MLW. Yeah. Uh, Jay and Joe's World of the 499. So Tony Khan is scheduled to give Sting a gift. Any ideas what you think it might be? I don't know. Maybe a Rolex. Championship. Who the fuck knows? Maybe he'll create his own fucking championship in AEW and have him defend it. Give him that dynamite diamond ring. Scripts with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, welcome back. I have an idea. Tony Khan and MJF needs to open a store called call it TK Max. Ha. Funny. LJ with 27 months. OTS for life. The random ad for Olive Garden while y'all talk about bread. LOL. Put a cap on my night. Really? He's stuck an Olive Garden ad in the Wow. Hey, you gotta love their breadsticks, man. Uh, scripts with a five. Hey, Jesse, if crust wasn't meant to eat, bread wouldn't be made with crust to begin with. Love you, but not your tacos. Okay. This is the next thing that we're going to troll Jesse over for weeks to come. Bread with crust. Do you know that pizza crust and bread are two different fucking breads? Okay. Just, okay. Tenario of the five. JD, did you ever like Friday the 13th? No. One is cooked with garlic and oil and butter. Oh, okay. Just... Mm. Butter and oil. Jake Miller with 12 months. Thank you, brother. Jonathan McArdle with 1999 in Super Chat. Can't wait to watch AW with a cold Sam Adams Oktoberfest. That sounds good to me, brother. That sounds good to me, man. Can't go wrong with a nice cold Sam Adams. 
Jedi Joke with a five dollar super chat. Going to Dynamite with my brother Golden Boy next week, and I don't know if you've seen. He brought me a one fifty one, or bought me a one fifty one Elite Trainer Box. Pulled the Charizard on in the last pack. I did not see. That's great shit, man. It's a hundred and twenty dollar card. That trainer box only goes for forty nine ninety nine. What are we doing right now? Talking about Pokemon. On? I don't know. What, what is happening right now? I don't know. You 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 hate crust, and he's talking about a Charizard Pokemon card. Right. You know. Jeez. And Georgie, with a nine ninety nine. I have never donated. Commented. But just know I've been watching since 2016. OTS helped me. OTS helped me through a dark period back in 2019, and I owe it all to you. Your hard work does not go unnoticed. Love from Albania. Ooh. Wow. Georgie, thank you so much, brother. We are gonna be here for you whenever you need, brother. Hope all is well in Albania, man. All right, Jesse, we're getting out of here, man. Any uh, any parting words before I uh, rev up the Mustang? Now, man, um, I'm getting ready to bring some changes to the channel, man. Structural and, and cosmetic and all that stuff. So, really, join me. I'm gonna do it after Bound for Glory, so starting next week. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Should be pretty big. Change is good sometimes. I hate change, but sometimes change is needed and change is good. Right. Right. Me, right, man. I'm not a big fan of change, but when it's time for it, it's time for it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to get out of here, man. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I may open some pokey packs and record some more videos, uh, or I may just go to sleep, man, because I'm fucking tired. Been a long week. Anyway, I appreciate you joining me for this stream back. Uh, thank you guys so much for your generosity. Thank you for the 2,000-plus in here tonight for the AW Dynamite post-show. I know it was a uh, lame duck show. Not much happened, but I'm glad that we're back, and I'm glad that we're back in the office doing our thing, man. kind of hate when I'm uh, away from the action. But we are back, and uh, it's going to be a busy week, man. Tomorrow, Drew and I will be live for TNT. Friday, I'll be live for SmackDown. Saturday, I'll be live for Collision. And then I'll be giving you the news as it breaks all week long going into the weekend. Brian with eight months. Eight months in the venue. Missed you, JD. Not Jesse, though. OTS for life. Rev that Mustang. Come on. Why you got to show Jesse disrespect, bro? I hate guys named Brian. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, guys, uh, I will see you tomorrow. Extra, and then Drew and I, TNT, right here on OTS. I will see you guys later. <laughs>